Yeah, I'm a May judge. Why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, it's a hard one. And I know that you got your reasons. But these things that are pleasing you can hurt the sport now. Don't you score octagon control The striking isn't even You know effective striking is always your best bet And now it seems to me there's questions On which points are leading but we haven't seen a perfect system yet yeah, I'm a judge Oh, you are making a difference Your simple existence Means more than you know And changes, oh, changes well, that's just some people talking Our prison is walking through This timeline alone What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fighting With Myself podcast A podcast for the average MMA fan Hosted by an above-average man And did I say average MMA fan again? Even though I said I never would? Yes. Am I going to correct it? Yes. I meant to say the above average MMA fan. Because you guys are great. And I'm just happy to uh, to be doing this for you. I've got a lot to cover. Um, I try and listen to feedback. And uh, one of the most consistent feed, uh, pieces of feedback I get is that um, these are too long. <laughs> uh, and so I'm going to try and um, cut it short as best I can by just sort of quickly doing the recap and um, only going over the, sort of the main points um, that I want to talk about because there's a lot of questions about a lot of these fights in the forum, and that's the main uh, part of the show, I think. So, uh, first off, um, there are there were some fire prelims that we are going to talk about. So if I'm missing those, don't worry. Um, we're going to talk about them in the in the uh, in the forum. But uh, quickly, wanted to recap: uh, Lauren Murphy uh, beating uh, Andrea KGB Lee via controversial decision, uh, which is sort of <laughs> the theme of this night, right? Um, but I, I will say that uh, I kind of had it even going into the third, although I wasn't sure how to score the second round. So I think it's similar to the main event, which we'll get to, in that I thought uh, KGB won the first round pretty clearly, Lauren won the third round pretty clearly, and the second was a little bit... Uh, open to interpretation i guess because i i i, I literally i remember tweeting out and uh my man ray amapotsu had been like this is for real the fucking judges scored 327 or whatever he said it was just like you know i i said it could be one and one but also lauren could be down two rounds like i i don't know i i kind of was like okay yeah i, I think i'm gonna go I, I think lauren edged out in the second so i didn't have a big problem with the decision but 
it goes back to my theory, which a lot of you disagree with, especially in regards to the main event we'll get to, is that you cannot call a close fight a robbery. I believe that in my heart. Though I do think, if you couldn't tell by the fucking intro, that we do need some better criteria for judging and some better qualified individuals for judging. So... Yes, it needs to improve, but with the, with the current landscape, with the current uh, point system as it is, with it's going with the ten point must fucking boxing model, uh, a con- a close fight isn't isn't a controversial robbery in my opinion. Um, but but what I mainly want to talk about was uh, her calling on Roxy and Roxy basically accepting, being like, yeah, just show up and make weight. I'll fucking beat that ass basically of course she's a lot nicer than that and i would never say that um but uh i'm down for that fight you guys already know i i I called that i called for that a few weeks ago um i think i think before the fight people were saying what's next for roxy if she wins and i said the winner of laura murphy kgb and after the fight people said what's next for roxy the winner of laura murphy kgb uh and now it seems like that's they're kind of um in agreement with me um and i think that's the fight to make i think you do that as sort of a number one contender fight and the winner of that fight's uh valentina don't at me not fielding questions on that at the moment and uh next up i wanted to talk about trevin giles beating james Krause, and my god was that deservedly fight of the night i was so emotionally invested in this um i i, I just couldn't believe that james Krause was was happened to be cornering that weekend and uh, since uh, Trevor Giles' opponent, um, was it Antonio Arroyo, um, couldn't make weight. I, th- I think it was like a, a medical issue. Uh, it wasn't like he was overweight or anything. I think he like had some some problems. Um, I mean, obviously it was that, but I, I think it was something to do with like a, a, a health concern. And um, James Cross is like, I'm fucking here. I'm on weight. Let's go, dude. Let's fucking go. And I was just like, this guy is my fucking patron saint this guy is my hero i love i love that and and i i am in the in the in the camp and in the mindset that um if a fighter does not want to take a short notice fight they're by no means obligated to you know i think these are these are human beings these are professional athletes we need to treat them with a little bit more respect in terms of hey if they think they need a full camp to beat somebody they need a full camp and that's it dude but I also respect the hell out of someone like that who can step up. James Cross is a career lightweight, and he's finally decided that he needs to stop cutting weight and destroying his body and has been having great success at welterweight. So for him to be going up to middleweight, which is essentially, hey, he went at 183.5, dude. That's his walk-around weight. I mean, maybe he was getting a workout in to fucking prepare and he shed some pounds, and maybe he would have weighed in a 186 or something like that. Like, I don't know, but either way, dude, I think we can pretty clearly say he didn't have to cut to make 185. Like, that's his walk-around weight. So you're finding a guy that probably, I would say, in the cage, weighed more than 200 pounds. I don't think that's that's uh, egregious at all. I don't think that's outlandish to say that Trevor Giles weighed um, more than 200 pounds in the cage, uh, or at least 200. Uh, and so hats fucking off to James Krause. He almost had him in that first round, dude. There was there were times where I'm like, oh, the choke is in. So I guess credit to, to Trevin for that defense. Um, especially um, Antonio is not a fucking grappler. So whatever he was preparing for was not grappling. Um, it was not. He was ready to throw hands, which he did. And 
Credit to, to Kraus for not, I mean, he certainly engaged in the clinch and was trying to take him down, especially when he had that success in the first round. But, dude, he was willing to to eat some shots and, and trade with him to get the takedown. He was not by any means looking for a fucking point battle here. I was absolutely blown away by these these gentlemen. Like, wow. So cre- I, I guess credit also goes to Trevor Giles for, for taking the fight, right? Because he could have pulled a... a, a you know, a, a UFC 150, was it 151, 152, whenever a Dungeons wouldn't fight Chelsea on eight days notice, he could have fucking pulled a, um, a that and said, no, I prepared for a striker, you're throwing me a grappler, I can't do it. So, uh, fucking kudos to, to both guys. What a war. And they well deserved fight of the night. Uh, I really loved every, every part of that fight. I was, I mean, I was fucking... When when Cross was eating those bombs, I was nervous, dude. Like the worst thing would have been for him to get knocked out, because then it would have been like, you know, that that was a terrible idea. You know, what are you doing? Things like that. And uh, they, you wouldn't be uh, wrong if you said those things. You know, given given the, um, if he had been knocked out or if there would have been a bad finish like that, because uh, he's uh, in the weight class below. But my God, they both deserve all the praise in the world. And so moving on to the main card, um, we're going to breeze through these quickly because there's a lot of questions about it. But uh, yeah, Derek Lewis beating Alir Latifi. Now, a lot of people were saying that um, this is a, a bad decision. And I, I'm i pretty neutral on this because um, I kind of thought Alir had it. But then I was like, well, he actually didn't really do anything with his takedowns. Uh, and that wasn't necessarily for lack of trying. Like Derek Lewis is strong as fuck and did a really good job of like holding him there and and working for the stand up. Well, not really working for the stand up, but waiting for the ref to stand him up. Um, so uh, if you if you give it to Derek based on that, say hey, Latifi didn't really do anything with those takedowns. He was fucking Derek was throwing those head kicks, those knees. Dude, I was shouting at my TV whenever Derek Lewis would throw a flying knee. Because the first time it happened, I was like, holy shit, dude. We've never seen this from Derek. This is awesome. But every single time, Alifi would clinch him. And they get the ticket. I was like, no, dude, stop, please. I love it, but please. But those fucking, he was snapping those high kicks. And I loved it. So um, I'm never going to hate on Derek Lewis getting his hand raised. And... uh I for sure thought he'd be Blagoy, and there's a lot of people that think Blagoy beat him, so maybe I'm fucking on an island when it comes to Derek Lewis, but I don't give a fuck. Um, and I thought Latifi, I, th- I don't think he should discourage himself from from uh, staying in this weight class if that's what he plans to do, despite being uh, the shorter guy. His wrestling is a problem in that division. Um, and that's not like fucking Camaro. I'm a problem. I'm a problem in that division. Um, but no, his, his wrestling is going to make a fucking uh, world of difference at heavyweight. Um, and I think that'd be awesome. And for him to come up, you know, after getting knocked out and take on the number five guy in the world, uh, deserves a lot of credit in my opinion. Uh, next up, Danny Gay versus Mirsad Bektik or Bekstich, whatever the Bosnian pronunciation is, bro. These guys went to fucking war. This is another one that could have got fight of the night. And, um, my God, was I fucking eating crawl on this one? Because I, like I all week heard like people were picking Dan Ige, and I was like, yeah, yeah I get that. He's he's been on, on a roll lately, but did, you almost forgot about Mirsad Bekti just because he's had some some shit luck. Like he's a killer, and uh, Dan Ige fucking made me eat my words, dude. That guy fucking put it on him, and uh, it's tough being in such a division like that where, um, you know, top the top fifteen is just like murderers row. 
and uh, people are trying to get title shots so they don't want to fight down um so he's gonna have to he's gonna have to go on like a tony ferguson like streak before he sniffs a title shot um but i wouldn't mind seeing like dan Ige versus uh, arnold allen next uh that would be fun just stylistically uh i think that would be really fun um yeah got no problems with that and I know it's like a huge disparity in the rankings, but I wouldn't even mind Danny Gay versus Yair Rodriguez. That would be fun. Um, maybe Dan would fucking beat up on Yair for me. That would be really fun. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yair friends don't come for me. Uh, but dude, another another five hours eating crow. Juan fucking Adams losing to John Taffa. Uh, John Taffa. Justin Taffa. Uh, AKA mini Mark Hunt, as people are calling him, dude, I, this is, this is hard for me because, um, I like personalities a lot more than I do like straight fighting style. Like you got to have both. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I, I just really liked Juan Adams and the way he carries himself and how he, how he, um, interacts with us online and uh i really thought he he had a phenomenal interview uh with uh, my colleagues or contemporaries if you will at the split decision podcast I, I really enjoyed that interview uh and i just thought like this guy is awesome he fucking wore uh a, like a, a male romper <laughs> when he fucked greg hardy which was fucking great um and and now it just seems like he's in a, in a place where he doesn't at the moment compete with with the cream of the crop in in the heavyweight division in the UFC um which uh which makes me sad because he's awesome and uh I just think like if he would get like another shot like he could be he could be great but I don't think we're going to see that you know and um next up is the co-main event uh with uh Valentina Shevchenko and Caitlin Chukagian Val did her fucking thing, and I and I knew I knew this would happen, and I said uh, on on Twitter that I was like picking Caitlyn, but I was just more so like trying to say that I was rooting for her. I, I thought it'd be really awesome if she if she were to win. But I even said on the podcast last week, if you if you missed it, like I was like, I can't see a path to victory for Caitlyn here. I, all I see is Valentina dominating her, and um, I really thought um, she would make it all the way to um, to the final bell. Yeah, I thought I thought Caitlyn would 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 uh, go the distance with her, and I was fucking wrong. And I guess uh, we can take a little bit from MMA on this one because she kept saying like, "Oh, she's never fought anyone like me," but uh, Caitlyn's two losses were to the last two title challengers that Valentina beat handily, so it was like, ah. But um, that beautiful crucifix, man, just fucking absolutely. Um, Put it on her like wow um opened up that cut early that wheel kick snapped which was amazing um there was just a, there was just a lot to love there from that performance from valentina shevchenko and a lot of questions about what's next for her um it, it's it's a it's an unfortunate situation the um the depth of that division uh, because the only question like after each one of her fights especially this one it feels like what's next for her and always the answers that people are trying to come up with are like you know quote unquote super fights either like you know fighting Wei Lee or the trilogy with Amanda and I'm like dude let's let these people stay in their division for a while let's let them just take out the fucking 
row of contenders, just clean out the division, a la GSP back in the day, and just like have them exist. I have been for a while wanting to see champ versus champ fights and kind of like, you know, just people changing weight classes and things like that. But it's gotten me like the way things have played out with these with these fights and how they can hold the divisions over the last few years. It's really made me realize that unless we have the Ali Act where we can have, you know, cross promotion fights and and things like that uh, and the belts being held by a, um, a, a separate governing body rather than a promotion, um, we need to have champions stay in their weight classes. If you want to move up, you got to vacate your belt and that's fine. Like if you want to keep it, if they want to do the whole like, oh, just double champ, you know champ versus champ keep the belt what on the night of the fight but the day after dude if you leave there with two belts you gotta vacate one that's what i feel and now moving on to the main event now this was uh, a serious point of contention for a lot of you online and i have sort of changed my thoughts a little bit since um uh watching the fight uh live now and when i say live i mean in real time you know with everyone else I'll say this. I think with a John Jones fight, there was always going to be people that want to see him lose. And so there's going to be a little bit of bias when it comes to the fans online. That said, I said it at the top, I don't think a close fight is a robbery one way or the other. I really don't. Um, when it comes down to that, like for me, and I've I've talked to a few people on this, and then and um, I've gotten you know some people that feel the same way, which is not to say that, like vindicates me. I'm just saying you know clearly I'm not on an island here. Um, I gave Ray as the first two easily, um, and then I gave the fourth and fifth to John easily, and the third one was where it was a swing round for me, where I kind of thought I don't know who won that round, but I gave it to John. Um, and then the, uh, you know, for me, this is tough because the, the the stats don't always tell the story of the fight. Like when it comes out afterward that like, you know, Reyes outstruck him in the first three rounds on paper, on the numbers. Um, I get that. But number one, the judges don't have access to those to those numbers while they're sc- while they're scoring the fight. They're just watching it on a monitor like you and I. So that's number one. Number two, um the criteria is this, and to the, this is to the best of my knowledge, so I, I, I could be not 100% accurate on this, but it's effective striking, grappling, aggression, octagon control in that order. So the first thing you look at is striking, then you look at grappling, then you look at aggression, then you look at octagon control. And octagon control really is just sort of a deciding factor if all else is equal. That's sort of what I've been told from people who have taken uh, judging classes. Um I'm not, I'm not saying that I know those people personally, but interviews with with officials and things like that, and and um, there's a really a really good, um, I think the guy's name was Adam Geller, um, the nickname uh, Snacks. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. He was like a a production guy at Fox and worked on like Strike Force and things like that. And he he was saying this is this is like from a conversation he had with Ariel about you know him actually taking a judging class um, on that. So. I've decided that after after watching this fight, I would I would like to um, see if there's a, a, a 
some sort of judging class I can take in my uh, area just to see what kind of criteria we should be looking for, um, you know, specifically. Now, if you had Reyes, I, I don't disagree with you because I think it was that close and he the way he fucking put it on John in the first round uh, or the first two rounds was like what you want from a contender. Now, I, I hate this notion that to be the champ, you have to beat the champ. No, you have to just win three out of two rounds. You know, that's it. Or, or win more points, if that makes sense. You know, there could be some 10-8s or whatever. But as a champ, you just have to sort of defend. So so that's kind of where that comes in. But what, what Reyes did was to, you know, get after it. So he, he did that. You know, so he, he went and tried and took it, but John did a good job of defending. And now th- there, there's been some back and forth online. You do not get points for defense in MMA. So while while John had good defense, um, Reyes also had really good offense and was able to get through that defense sometimes. So um, I, I don't agree that if you if you give John some points just for defense, that that's not, you know, that's not that's not it. Boo boo. That's not it. Again, though, I did have it for John, but I'm not going to sit here and say he dominated him. I'm certainly not going to say that. Um, people are talking about rematches. Eh, I don't know about that. My stance is this. If you if you don't win, unless it was like a situation where it should have been 4-1 to one Reyes and the, the judges were completely out of their fucking mind, uh, and then, or, or we had like, you know, rematches in a draw makes sense to me, but but not like this. Uh, not like this. I would love to see them run it back maybe later on. But um, I think for real, in all honesty, I would love to see a, a, a situation like GSP Johnny Hendricks. Uh, not where he retires, but I would like to see John move up to heavyweight, vacate the belt, and have, let's say, Reyes versus uh, uh, the winner of fucking Anderson and Blachowicz for for the vacant belt. You know? That's um. That that's a more apropos decision in my mind. If you wanted to have Reyes back in a title fight. Uh, but but there are a lot of people that thought Reyes won, so I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, that's wrong or or what have you. And I know there was people keep telling me there's a there was a precedent set. You know, um, Shogun versus Machida back in the day. I that that's fine. You know, but that was one time. I don't think it's ever been like people were were saying we're giving John shit for not giving Gus a rematch back in the day. Um, but he was like, no, I'm, I'm moving on to the next guy, you know, Daniel Cormier, undefeated Olympian. What do you want from me? You know? So, um, I don't think the onus is on John to like give a rematch or whatever. It's, it's on the UFC, you know, like often, oftentimes when, when they, when people talk about a champion ducking fights, uh, I have always been on the side of the UFC or, or not really on the side of the UFC, but more so in the line of thinking that it's the UFC's job to make those fights, and if they don't want to make that fight, it's not on the champion, you know? So, it is what it is. And I, and I know that's that's not uh, necessarily good enough when it comes to a controversial decision. You know, people that scored it for Jones are, are going to say, yeah, it is what it is, you're right. And people that scored it for Reyes are going to say, well, it is what it is, what are, you, what are you talking about? Reyes fucking got robbed! And dude, go cry in your beer. And, and that's fine, dude. And uh, I know a lot of those people listen to this podcast, and I love you. I love every single one of you. Um, but I don't. I don't think a close fight is a robbery. I just don't. 
So let me keep things moving, and we're going to end this segment on a positive note. Um, this guy is someone who I'm very glad to have found on Twitter. Uh, one of the um, one of the first accounts I connected with um, back when I first started, and uh, I'm so happy to be um, still still interacting with this guy. Um, the first time he uh, sent something to the podcast, I kind of handled it wrong, and uh, we we had a little bit of like contention for a little bit uh but back in back in the good graces i'm so happy to be shouting out my man gator uh cody labney he's been a just a wonderful guy to connect with and you know a shout shout out to all the members of the turbo team you guys fucking rock you can't be part of the turbo team you don't run you walk slowly you're welcome for that reference um but just just wanted to um just wanted to shout this guy out because he's the fucking man. And uh, congratulations on uh, Taco Bell Girl. You know what that means. And otherwise, um, let's end this segment and we'll move on to some matchups. And we're back. Thank you for listening to that so Daddy can get paid. And now let's talk about some matchups. Um, only a few uh, that I saw this week, in the, uh, this week rather that caught my eye that I want to talk about. Now, um, the first is Angela Hill taking on Luma Lukbunmi on short notice at UFC Auckland. Man, you better start putting some respect on Angela Hill's name. She will take any short notice fight. She's like the fucking female Donald Cerrone. I, I really believe that. She's awesome. And she fucking... It's two Muay Thai practitioners um, going at it, really, uh, in Luma Lukbunmi. And Angela Hill. Really exciting fight. Uh, I can't wait. And uh, UFC Auckland in general is going to be an amazing card. Dude, that main event is money. Uh, love it. I love everything about it. The next thing is uh, Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem. Uh, just got rebooked for April 11th, uh, UFC Portland. Believe it's going to headline as uh, they were scheduled to headline before, and man, this is awesome. But I have, I have some questions around it. First of all, um, I talked about on the show a few weeks ago that um, Tristan Conley versus uh, versus Alex De Silva was signed to fight on an April 11th uh, card that was location to be determined, and um, it seems like that location is Portland now that they've uh, settled on that. So that's awesome. Um, love when the UFC um, goes to places they don't always go to or haven't been in a while. And this is going to be awesome for the um, Pacific Northwest fans. Love that. And um, it's crazy because initially when, when they when they matched it up for, for UFC Washington, D.C., I was like, man, Walt Harris might kill a dude. You know, Alistair Overeem might get murked. Um and uh, even though he was just knocked out, um, I'm, I'm sort of thinking maybe he has a better chance simply because the other question I have surrounding this is, is it too soon for Walt Harris? I guess the question is, is it too soon for either gentleman uh, to come back? I mean, Overeem has come back uh, quicker from knockout losses and, and had a victory. So it's not the craziest thing in the world to think that he might pull it off. But Walt Harris hits fucking hard, man. The other thing is, is it too soon for Walt to go through a, a whole training camp 
whilst still grieving over the loss of his uh, stepdaughter. I mean, stylistically, you know, t taking out their you know history out of it, I really wanted to see this fight. Um, I thought it was going to be an awesome main event, and uh, I'm still looking forward to it, but it still is like well, one of the most intriguing storylines leading into it is, is are both these guys ready? Uh, I think that's that's a fair question to ask on either end. So it's just really awesome that we're getting to see this. And uh, I think we should be grateful to both guys for, you know, willing to kind of make a quick turnaround. I think we often take it for granted too often, uh, you know, when fighters decide to come back. Uh, I think as fans, we get a little um, spoiled, you know, especially if you're... Um, if you're, uh, you know, used to another sport like baseball, football, basketball, where someone gets an injury like early in the season and they come back later after some rehab, you know, because they're playing a game and it's fine. And so we were like, what, what's wrong with him? Can he, can he just fucking take a, high, a cortisone shot and then get back into it? I mean, we're talking about their bodies are their weapon, dude. It's like, it's like if we're talking about baseball... And their fucking bat was like warped. And they're like, oh, just fucking figure it out. Hit a different way. That to me doesn't, it doesn't translate to combat sports. It really doesn't. You know, so they got to really make sure their mind and their body are in the right headspace. But that said, assuming they're fine, they did agree to the fight. You know, assuming all, all things are okay, this is going to be uh, a banger. So really looking forward to that. And uh, I guess that uh, that does it for these uh, for this new segment. And without further ado, let's just get right into the motherfucking forum. All right, let's just get right into it. Um, here's the first question. Hey, Juice, it's your boy Shane Tara. I'm gonna steal this question from someone else. Um, I think it was from Morning Combat. Actually, I don't even want to talk about Morning Combat. I might leave another voicemail talking about that bullshit. Fucking Luke Thomas. Anyway, my question for you is... How many... <laughs> how many Henry Cejudos will it take to, to beat one Stipe Miocic? Um, and then I also want to ask you... How many Boss Rutins would it take to beat one... Uh, Fyodor Emelianenko. Um, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Bye. Ha. So, how many how many Henry Sudos would it take to be one steep Amiocha? Dude, at least two, if not three. Because you're going to have to have one on each leg. And even then, I don't know if you can take steep A down. So you're going to have to have one on each leg to just kind of hold them in place while the other one fucking avoids those hammers and tries to, like, I don't know, jump up and hit him in the face. Or maybe, like, the two hold the legs and the third one, like, spears him. So then you get him down and then you can fucking beat him up. Because once you get him down, then you can fucking... Then the three of them can do work. <laughs> Can't believe I'm fucking... Answering this, like, honestly, <laughs> as if it, like, really uh, could happen. Um, yeah, at least two, if not three. Like, absolutely. Because otherwise he'll fucking punt them, dude. If you have, I th Yeah, I think three. Because if you, have, if you just have two, literally, Stipe would just punt them. 
He would just like fucking kick Henry Cejudo out of the octagon. Just like, bye, whoop, and just punt him out. Like he's a fucking place kicker. And um, how many boss rudens would it take to beat Fyodor? Dude, there's a lot of people that think Fedor is the GOAT, and um, those people are going to be very mad at me for what I'm about to say. Um, I think Prime Boss Rudin could give Fedor some problems. But those questions are always weird. Like, it's just like barbershop talk. It's like the pound for pound list. It's like whatever. So um, it's a fight that I would have loved to see back in the day. Um, so, you know... All we're left with at this point is like what ifs, but um, if I get to say how many would beat him, then de- if one couldn't, then definitely two would, like absolutely. And that goes for pretty much anyone in the same weight class, dude. Like, if you had two Dominic Reyes's, you could be fucking John Jones. Even well, maybe not two Corey Andersons. I think John Jones would be, still be two Corey Andersons. Oh, that's a unnecessary shade towards Corey Anderson. Uh, but uh, great question. Uh, this next question is from Hayden. I don't think he introduces himself, so I just have to say that. Here we go, Hayden. Hey, yo, Juice. All right. If you have been following me on Twitter, right, any of you, man, that listen to the podcast, if you've been following me on Twitter, you know I've been posting a lot more recently. Like, not, I've not been straying away from MMA. But I've been posting a lot more about like rap and shit, like fucking tracks that I'm bumping and all that shit. Because like before, even before I started watching MMA, I was fucking into rap. I've been into rap forever, basically. Like I used to listen to fucking Afro Man and Snoop Dogg back in the day, and I've been into rap for the longest. I'm super passionate about it. But that's why my question today, Juice, right? I'm gonna ask you, um, what are your three favorite rap albums? And what are your three favorite rappers, like artists, like say Johnny Lucas, something like that? I don't know. Thank you, man. So um, I'm gonna have a hard time answering this because I don't listen to a lot of rap, and I used to, but I don't anymore. Um, so a lot of my opinions are gonna be sound like antiquated and that they don't matter. And uh, you know, there's a lot of like, like I hate mumble rap, but there's a lot of people that say like, oh, it's just you know. That that's just the fucking uh, genre evolving, and like old heads are gonna always get mad at the new thing, and mumble rap's okay. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck. But uh, I used to listen to like um, Black Star back in the day, Most Def and Talib Kweli, fucking amazing, dude. Like that to me, like best um, collaboration in like hip hop. And if you haven't, I recommend highly checking out the documentary it used to be on netflix i don't know if it's still there it was called the art of freestyle and it fucking broke down like there's there's a little battle between mostef and kanye west which is fucking good before kanye lost his goddamn mind um there's this guy named juice uh i think who had some amazing uh freestyles in there and everyone said that they thought he like wrote them and that he was like lying that it was freestyle because he was fucking good and he was like fuck you guys and there was, uh, there's another guy in there, Super Nat, which is fucking awesome. Like, that, that's to me, like, uh, like, I love seeing, like, the best guys at their, at their craft freestyling. Um, that's when the fucking shit is fire. Um, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I used to listen to a little bit of Eminem back in the day. Um, but there's a lot of, like, fucking... Dude, there's a lot of people that I see online that are like, oh, uh, 
you know, there's people that say, like, Eminem is the GOAT, and that's it. And then there's people that say, oh, if you think Eminem is the GOAT, you're fucking trash, you don't know anything about rap. So that's why, like, when it comes to this stuff, like, I always felt like I'm not part of your club. Like, I don't listen to it enough that my opinions matter. And um, if I say something like, yeah, dude, Common was uh, one of the best intellectual rappers uh, back in the day. People are like, what? You don't know shit. Listen to Kendrick Lamar. And like, I'm like, okay, 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 fine, 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 fine. So um, I didn't want to not play this question um, because uh, I think it's cool to talk about non-MMA things. Um, so thank you for the question, Hayden. And so if you're listening and you have strong opinions about rap, hit this guy up so he can um, troll you about it. Hey, Juicer. What's up, man? It's your boy, Shane Tara. I'm hanging out here with my cat, Doomsday, and we had a couple questions for you. Uh, one of our questions is, we were watching uh, the newest MMA on Point video, and it's talking about uh, rematches that never happened. So I'm curious, what are some MMA rematches that you would like to see, whether they uh, happen in the past or let me, I'm sorry, whether they never happened in the past, but you wanted them to, or maybe what are some rematches that could possibly happen soon um, that you would really like to see? And I also wanted to ask you what your favorite type of uh, dog breed to look at is. Thanks, bye. Huh? Um, I'll answer the dog question real quick. It's whether you say, like, favorite kind to look at, because I don't know what that necessarily means. But um, one of my favorite dog breeds, um, and it was just because I had like an awesome experience with um, this specific kind. Like this dog was like the sweetest, most well-behaved dog I've ever met, um, except when it came to like dealing with other dogs, sort of. Um, but uh, my my wife, when she was just my girlfriend, when we lived in L.A., um, we used to house it for her boss and it was mostly dog sitting, but also house sitting. Um, and the dog breed of this dog was an Irish setter, I believe, or it was like a long, oh, fuck. I used to know the name. It was like a, I don't know if it's a Gordon setter or an Irish setter, but like I fucking, if I could find the, 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 the breed, I'll send it to you because that's my favorite kind of dog. Like it's like brown kind of floppy haired, um, or like, or like black, dark brown or black fur with like a brown nose. Um, like sort of similar to like a Doberman, but not like that, like harsh features. And like definitely not like a big aggressive dog, like a medium kind of like terrier almost, like a Cocker Spaniel a little bit, like with the floppy ears. But it's like a medium-sized dog, like full-size. I don't know. Um, that's my favorite dog just because of that um, one dog. It was so fucking cute and so fucking like obedient and um, like the shit. Um, uh, but I also love like you said. What best breed of dog to look at? I also love looking at pugs, dude. <laughs> I love the ugly pugs. <laughs> um, rematches, and this is this is so. He said this actually earlier in the week, um, and it's so uh, funny that it's kind of apropos for these fights that just happened last night because everyone's talking about should Reyes deserve an immediate rematch. Um, I would like to see it. Um, later on down the line but i just you know i'm not a fan of immediate rematches unless it was a draw or like a a weird stoppage like if you were to say like i mean it, it sucks because i obviously wanted tony to get the title shot but if you if you were to be like you know after the um cowboy cerrone 
fight with Tony Ferguson. If you were to say, oh, they need to run it back because um, of of Cowboy like blew his nose or whatever. I mean, that would have been fucking terrible for Cowboy, but I'd be like, I get it. Or like the the BMF title, uh, Nate and Jorge. Even though I think that wouldn't have made a difference, you know, if, if you want to say let's run it back because of that, I'd be like, okay, let's run it back. And even I think Jorge kind of said so on the mic, but then he realized he could get a towel shot and he's moving on, which I don't fault him for, obviously. Um, so things like that are are interesting and compelling um, to me. Uh, as far as like rematches that I would like to see now, um, I really want to see Max Holloway versus uh, Alexander Volkanovsky again. Um, although if, if Max wants to go up to 55, I would like that sort of more, um, kind of. Just just because he's getting bigger, getting older, you know, weight cuts are, are not getting easier. They're getting harder. And um, I think he did a lot better in that Dustin Poirier fight than people gave him credit for. The second one, obviously. And in terms of rematches that never happened, um, GSP versus Johnny Hendricks is one. And uh, it's funny that Shane asked this question because I remember he was on uh, Raise Him a Plot of Soup. And they were talking about that fight specifically and the judging criteria uh, and Ray said watching that fight made him develop his own criteria, which to me gives more of a, a reason it sort of points more to a larger issue about the, the, the flaws in our judging system that people are wanting to create their own criteria because as much as that, whatever you developed may be better, it's not like, doesn't necessarily matter because it's not what we have. We kind of have to go with what we have. Um, but, um, and, I, and I'm one of those people that thought GSP won that fight, although it was close. And if it was, you know, pride judging, you got to give it to Johnny Hendricks for doing more damage. Um, but I think, you know, 10 point must system round by round GSP edged it out. So um, I would like to see a rematch. See, you know, I would have at that time, but dude, the fact that, Hendricks became like a shell of himself, especially post USADA and GSP was able to come back after four years and, uh, be Michael Bisping and win another title just kind of proves that he would have won the rematch in my opinion. Like if they rematch under in the fucking USADA era, um, which is one of the reasons why GSP left at the time. Um, and, uh, I really wanted to see, um, I really would have loved to see, um, Jones versus Gus two back in their prime. Like, the the Gus that fought Jones was a kind of a sh- I don't want to say a shell of himself. It sounds like super disrespectful, but like it wasn't the the Gus that that put it on him in the first fight. It just wasn't. Uh, I think he was doubting himself too much, and um, it, it just like if you had made that rematch at the right time, I think we could have seen like a fucking different fight. Uh, in my opinion, so so there's that. Otherwise, oh, and, and I guess, you know, Connor Aldo is, is another one, although, like, I never want to see Connor back at 145. He just looks like death, and it's fucking, like, I hate weight cutting. So, like, if, if Aldo were, like, no, 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 Aldo's a fucking bantamweight, dude. Like, if Aldo were, were to come up to 55, like, was talked about for much of his career, then I would love, would love, would love to see that rematch. Um, you know, a proper 155, not McGregor being like, if you want to come up to 170... Like all that fucking garbage, um, yeah, no, like uh, that—that's a whole fuckery that I don't even want to talk about right now. Um, so yeah, that I guess that would be the only uh, other one that I can think of. Great question though. 
Juice, Pat Tobin, how are you, mate? Uh, mate, just on the back of, I think, Shane Terra's question last week and uh, a bit of talk on Twitter through the week, just curious, what songs do you associate now with MMA fighters? Uh, I can't think of, I can't hear California Love without thinking of your eye favour, bopping to the ring. Uh, so, yeah, which which songs do you, do you now hear and, and think of a fighter's walkout? And just on that, do you think it's better when a fighter uses the same song regularly for their walkout? Um, guys like Michael Bisping with Song 2 and Chris Weidman with Won't Back Down. Uh, songs like that, I think, it just makes it so much better when you, that familiarity is there with a fighter, uh, unlike these ones who seem to change it every fight. So what are your thoughts on that? And um, I guess the other one, too, that, that you always I always think of, I can't hear the same again, is uh, Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol. Just never be the same again. It's, uh, it's just been improved too much. Thanks, mate. Oh, I appreciate that a lot. I kind of the same way. Now that I, whenever I hear that song, I'm like, I start to fucking sing my own lyrics instead. <laughs> um, it's funny that you had a really great question about the and then like named all the good ones that I could think of, <laughs> because actually Chris Weidman is is a great example of of what I think about like walkouts. Like he actually, if I'm correct, I think he used that Tom Petty song talking about won't back down. I think he used that for the first time he fought Anderson. I don't think he always had that. I think that was the first time he used it. And then he sort of kept it because it, he always had this like chip on his shoulder. People didn't think he could do it. And then the rematch. And then they still never gave him credit for like beating Vitor and uh, Machida. Um, and I think he then actually at, at UFC 205 when he fought Romero, his first uh, fight after losing to Weidman. And it was, the, it was the first fight in New York. He used like a New York super mix sort of. I think there was like a Sinatra song. I think there was the Jay Z song and like New York, um, and it was it was cool. And I thought like that's a great thing to do to like celebrate the moment uh, and change it up there. But then he went back to it, uh, I think, uh, in the next fight, and he's kept that. So I love that. And yeah, you're right. Like certain certain fighters, I associate with certain songs and vice versa. Um, like I can't hear the Mortal Kombat theme without thinking of Curtis Blades and and like vice versa. Like that's his like saving grace. Like now I'm a Curtis Blades fan, but earlier on in his career I was not because um, I watched him fight live twice. And um, the first time at 2:13 was one of the most boring fucking fights I've ever seen in my life. And then he was like getting booed and not. He was confused. Like, are you booing me? I was like, bro, shut the fuck up. But his saving grace was that he walked out to Mortal Kombat. And I was like, okay, 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 dude. I like you. Um, you know, enough, right? And then 217, he had a great fight with Alexio Olenek. But then there was the fucking... He was, like, way too fired up about, like, like almost landing the illegal strike. And then having to stop the fight. And then it being, like, a weird TKO. And he was, like, thinking he was getting booed. But they were booing to stop it. Like... He, I, I don't know. I, I had a hard time getting into Curtis Blades initially, but that song always kept me, always kept me going because I fucking love Mortal Kombat and just like old school video games in general. Uh, so yeah, I, I, all that thing you said, like whenever I hear that uh, song too, uh, for for Michael Bisping, I think it's Blur is the band or whatever. Uh, the woohoo, yeah, always think of Michael Bisping, and uh, yeah. Great, great question. Hey, Juice, Pat Tobin again. Mate, got another one for you. I heard a lot of talk during the week or over the last few weeks about 
the UFC is protecting Connor, and uh, they don't want him to fight Masvidal because he'll get destroyed. Uh, and yeah, fair enough. Uh, what I don't understand is that there's this big push from the UFC for him to fight Khabib, uh, which I, I don't think he wins either fight. Uh, but my question to you is, which of those fights do you actually think he has a better chance in? Because even though uh, the UFC is pushing him to fight Khabib, I actually think his better chance is, is Masvidal. I don't think he wins either, but at least you know Jorge's going to stand with him, unlike um, Khabib, who's going to take him down within about three seconds. So, yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thanks, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's funny, he, he, he titled this question, The Protection Myth. And um, I, I, before, he didn't even address it, but I do want to talk about um, something that John, some John Jones fans have said, which I took issue with. And that was noticing that, uh, you know, we're, we're reacting to a headline that Dana had said that, you know, yeah, we can do Israel Asani versus John Jones, but Izzy has to get past Romero and Costa first. Um and they're like, oh, he's protecting him from fighting Jones. Bro, that was always the timeline to begin with. He was matched up to fight Costa. Costa was injured. And then he wanted the Romero fight. He said, I need that for my legacy. So he oh, he has to get through that fight. And then he owes the Costa fight. And then he can fight John Jones. It was never like, you know, he's protecting him. And Izzy already said, I have to have those fights first. So no one's fucking protecting Izzy. If anything, they're protecting John Jones. Let me be clear. Um, but great question about that. And I think there is some truth to that. Uh, what you said is true about, yeah, they are probably protecting him uh, from Masvidal so that they can make the Habib fight. But Habib is the worst matchup. Now, both can still be true. Um, the reason why they would be doing that is because, at least in my opinion, um, the first fight broke the pay-per-view record, like shattered it. And to, and historically, rematches do good business. I don't know if they'll necessarily meet or exceed the same record, but they would at least get close to that. And if they do get close, it would probably be the second grossing pay-per-view of all time. So it is in their financial interest to to protect that fight, if, if that makes sense. Uh, because while Connor could beat Masvidal, it is a nightmare matchup for him. Well, I'm a nightmare. Khabib is really the nightmare matchup. But, you know, Jorge can fucking, has cardio for days. Um, anyone that says Jorge doesn't have cardio is out of their fucking mind, in my opinion. And uh, Jorge has, like, killer boxing uh, that uh, Connor would just, I don't know. It would be an amazing fight, but I, I do think Masvidal takes the edge in that. And um, that said, um, I, I love the question, and and I and I, I agree with it. I, I agree with the notion that the UFC would would not be interested in, the, in booking that fight because they'd rather um, make the Habib fight. Although, I think it remains to be seen what their plans are because, um, you know, that fight is in April. Connor wants to stay active, and uh, if Habib wins, um, right after that is Ramadan, and he can't fight again until like September. So. Like, what are we doing here? Like, if Tony wins, maybe you can do that fight, International Fight Week. I think that they'd rather do that because they have, you know, Masvidal fighting Usman and uh, International Fight Week. At least that's the plan uh, right now. So I think they'd, they, they're they waiting until, see what happens. Maybe they book him against Tony. I think that's the plan, personally. This next one is titled, Not About the Judges. 
Hey, man, been a long time since I've uh, left you one of these. This is Josh with an all-dumb post. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't want to talk about the judges, but uh, fuck the judges. I still, I'm okay with it, though, because honestly, it kind of comes down to the third round for me. I can see it going either way. I don't know what blind-ass, dumb shit fucker had that shit for uh, four rounds to one, but whatever. I'm going to let that go. My question is, do you think it's time for John Jones to move up to heavyweight? Because the matchups at heavyweight for John Jones just got to get you excited. You've got the Steve A matchup, which honestly, I know that everyone says the fight to make a Steve A DC3. That is definitely there and should probably be made. But Steve A John Jones is a great fucking fight, also. That stylistically is amazing. And then Naganu. Naganu lands one of those shots on John Jones. I'm not sure he's getting up. So uh, let me know what you think. Interesting out of fights. Judges suck dick. <laughs> definitely said not about the judges and then talked about the judges for like 30 seconds but i agree with everything you said it comes down to the third round and and uh you know i have no problem either way uh and yeah it is fucking time for john to move to heavyweight dude it is um it, it just there's no two ways about it and he said as much before the fight um he did an interview with ariel where he li- literally said and i've heard him tweet this and like tease it but he just actually said like I want to fight Stipe Miocic. I think I can beat him. He actually said those words out loud on air fucking in an interview that that was broadcast on ESPN. So, like, what the fuck? If they don't book John against any heavyweight next, we fucking riot. And that's it. We riot. juice fighting with myself it's smoky j here from australia i guess the biggest takeaway from that card was the terrible judging decisions all throughout the card Um, personally i didn't see anything too wrong with the jones one but fucking some of the other ones were pretty shit but saying that as well i find myself disagreeing with more and more of the judging decisions these days so i wasn't too surprised and the old term, don't leave it in the hands of the judges, is fucking much easier said than done. But it's something that my man Justin Taffer did. Uh, honestly, I had one win in that one before the fight started, but fucking Justin come out looking like a slim Mark Hunt and knocked him out. Honestly, I think if he comes out with bleach blonde hair, he's going to be a killer. Who would you like to see him face next? That's all. Bye. Ha! <laughs> Love that. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um I think he has like the same tattoos as Mark Hunt as well, which is uh, which is interesting that he <laughs> looks like a slim Mark Hunt, and um, yeah, he definitely shocked me. Um, I knew he had the power to to knock one Adams out, but but the way that um, he essentially got knocked out last fight was pretty bad. I, I thought he might be a little gun shy, and that one Adams might be able to capitalize on that. But I guess they were both gun shy, and then he fucking turned it up. Like whoa. So, uh, in terms of what's next for him, I don't know. Um, he's only had a small amount of fights. I think this was his fifth fight. Like he was three and zero before the Castro fight, and it was now it was three and one. Now he's four and one. Um, like guys like Juan are going to be like the kind of competition he faces. Um, so maybe if uh, maybe if Greg Hardy loses the uh, the Castro fight. Maybe they'll give him to to uh, Justin Taffa, or vice versa, or however you want to say that. 
If not, I honestly don't know. Like, is Alan Crowder in the UFC anymore? Where is he these days? Did they fucking dig him up after uh, Jarzinho put him out with a jab? Um, yeah, I don't know. He's great, though. I, I, I do like Justin Taffa. Well, um, let's just start with the judging was absolute shit. Just horrendous all fucking night from Derek Lewis winning by unanimous decision when he was outstruck, out-wrestled through the whole fight. Um, and then we get to John's fight with Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes fights the best fight anyone's ever fought against Jones. In my opinion, wins the first three rounds. And then I guess John's wrestling was enough. It's two little takedowns in the fourth and fifth. I just don't get it, man. I don't want to get too worked up again. Great fight. Shit decision. John needs to take notes from Valentina. That's how you retain your championship belt. Right there. Valentina was incredible. Yeah, that was from uh, Typo in my photo. Great guy. Um, Title it unanimously shitty judging. Or unanimously shit judging. Yeah, I, I agree, although... The comparison is almost a little unfair because um, the gap in competition between um, Valentina and her division is just so large. And yeah, I mean, John Jones is arguably the best fighter on the planet. Um, but when you have someone like Reyes who hits fucking hard and is a, an explosive athlete, um, he can close that gap. And uh, that's what you saw in those early rounds. So um, I don't think John was like, you know... I've I've given John crap over the years to uh you know for like point fighting. Like for sure in the fucking OSP fight, in the in the Smith fight, in the Santos fight. Like uh this fight I don't think so. I think he woke you know, Reyes woke him up in those rounds and I think he was trying to he was certainly trying to work for a submission, which is what I've predicted, but Reyes was so fucking hard to take down. Um so I I really think he was trying to finish him. Um and uh if if you had it for Reyes, I don't agree. I or sorry, I don't disagree. Um, it's just not how I had it. Um, but I, but I've talked about that ad, ad nauseum uh, throughout this show. Okay, last little thing I'm gonna say about John's John's fight tonight is uh, a little comparison. So I heard a lot of John fans saying Thiago didn't do enough to win the fight in his previous fight. Um, and then Reyes beats him even more convincingly in my my opinion. Now what's the excuse for a John fan? But I'm done with that subject. It's it's like beating a dead horse now. Um now now to our boy Mirasad. He started slow. Dan looked sharp early. Looked like uh Mirasad was a better wrestler. What do you think's next? Um for both fighters. And let's go to Valentina. Um what do you think's next for her? She looks incredibly good. I don't think anyone in her division really going to give her that much trouble. Let's get her and Nunez back at it again. I'd really like to see a trilogy fight there. That's a tough call for me. Um, and uh, someone else is going is asking about this later, and I might save that, that answer for that question uh, in terms of the, the Shevchenko-Nunez trilogy, by the way. Um, 
to me, it's it, like the second fight was so razor thin um, that I, I just don't want to see another like it wasn't the most boring fight, but it also wasn't the most exciting either. And I think, you know, them continuing to dominate their separate divisions is something I'm more interested in just personally. Whilst the competition is sort of very, very much thinning out, especially in the uh, flyweight division. Uh, I really just want to see her clean out the division before we revisit that trilogy. Um, unless it's a case of, you know, I think Amanda Nunes has said that maybe she's close to retiring. Uh, like, cause she's done a lot. And there's not much else to do for her. Um, so, you know, if, if it's a case of doing the one last one, just to finally put a stamp on who's the fucking greatest, uh, greatest woman's mixed martial artist of all time, then you do that. Um, maybe next year, hopefully, you know, if the stars align. Now, um, in terms of the Mirsa Bektik Danige, um, yeah, I think, I think I said this, I, th- I think maybe a fight with Arnold Allen will be fun for Danige, though I don't know if they're actually going to book that from a ranking standpoint. Um, and then, uh, Mirsad, or you know what? Maybe, maybe Danigo will fight Josh Emmett when he recovers because then I need to pull out of the Arnold Allen fight. And fucking maybe Mirsad Bektik can fight Nick Lentz. Huh. <laughs> Fuck Nick Lentz. And by the way, I've, I've explained, uh, my, um, Feelings on Nick Lentz ad nauseum online, and I'm not going to repeat it. People ask me, like, why fuck Nick Lentz? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm done spewing that vitriol. Uh, he's trash, and that's it, dude. That's it. And good point about the, the, the Jones fan saying that, you know, Santos didn't do enough, but, like, Reyes might have at least tried, you know, put everything together. Um, but, again, I scored uh, both those fights for John, so what are you going to do? Wow. Uh, what... An interesting night for decisions. Uh, I guess my question about it is, what what judge's decision do you think was the most accurate, and what judge's decision do you think is the most um, bullshit? I'm interested to hear your opinion. Thank you. Ooh, that was a good uh, that's a good question. That was from Shane Tara, obviously. Um, and his title was Rogan was right. Talking about the judging. Uh, yeah, dude, it's hard because um, the Derek Lewis one, uh, like I said, I was kind of confused about it initially. Um, but then I sort of realized that Lear didn't really do a lot with his takedowns. So I'm like, okay, I, I see that. Um, and the Lauren Murphy one, initially I was like, you know, oh, she could be down two rounds. But then I said, well, maybe they could have scored the second round for her. And I definitely gave her the third round. So it's not the worst. I saw someone on Twitter saying that she beat up KGB Lee. I was like, whoa. I don't know about that. Um, they definitely beat each other up. Um, but it wasn't like, you know, KGB was like outclassed. Um, you know, some people had her winning. Uh, and uh, disclosure, I missed. So I caught most of the Ewell fight, but I had to leave for the bar as that fight was wrapping up. I saw a lot of people saying that he didn't deserve that. And from what I from what I saw, he did. But I also missed some of it. So I could be wrong. Um and uh, whilst the Jones fight was the way I scored it, to me, it's like the fact that so many people thought Reyes won is a, is a clear case that we need better um, scoring criteria. Um, so I guess you could say that's the worst one, even though I agree with it in a sense. It's 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 a hard call to make. 
um, a, a lot of these, and it just really like begs the um, the need for uh, better commissions. The, my my boy Leo sent me uh, a clip uh, uh, on Facebook, which <laughs> MMA Facebook is like the worst. But this is a good clip from uh, ESPN MMA um, account, and um, I th- I'm pretty sure it was the um, the little thing they do on on the pay-per-view if you like keep watching after they do the post-fight interviews and do the little wrap-up with like the three of the commentators kind of like doing a little round table talking about it and they were talking about the need for um changing and, and judging and i thought it was so good that they actually put that on the broadcast and um and dominic cruz saying these commissions need to let us in they need to let you know fighters who who have been in the sport and, and know what they're talking about have some input and i'm like yes dude yes and it's a hard question. We're gonna we're gonna get to this later, but people are are calling for for judges to be uh, former fighters, and I'm not so sure about that. I don't mind them being referees. I actually love that. Like Chris Lieben's doing some refereeing. Frank Trigg is certified in, in the state of California, which is great. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of good in that. But when you talk about uh, former fi- uh, fi- fighters being judges, the the uh, amount of bias that can creep in there is not good for my liking so yeah we're going to be talking about judging for the fucking most of this forum so sit tight hey juice it's your boy shane tara um i'm pretty interested in what is going to happen with dominic reyes um I really think that they should give him a rematch. We know they're not going to because John Jones is a fucking pussy. But I'm just interested in who we should fight next. And and I have a really crazy idea. That dude from Ryzen, Yuri, whatever the fuck his Polish name is. I'm not even going to pretend <laughs> I know what it is. Um, that dude, Yuri, that just got signed to the UFC from Ryzen, who was their light heavyweight champ. I would love to see him take on... Um, Dominic Reyes. I think that would be a really interesting fight, especially since they're both predominantly strikers and they both have good um, good background in grappling. If if that's not the ideal fight for Dominic, um, what do you think is? You know, it's it's hard because um, I think you know there's a lot of people that watch Ryzen religiously that are like so high on that guy and like yeah, dude, he needs to come in rec shop. He's a former champ, and I'm like. You know, I don't think, you know, in with the current landscape of MMA, with the system we have, um, you got to earn your shot in the UFC, regardless of being a champ in another organization. Um, I think if it's a belt or champ, it's a little bit more of a case for, for jumping into like the top five or at least top 10. But uh, to my, my opinion, Ryzen hasn't shown that they're like uh, in competition with the UFC in terms of, uh, in terms of talent and things like that, you know, there's going have some great guys and they put on some exciting as fights and, you know, Japanese MMA, um, rules are, are fucking su- superior. But, um, when it comes, when it comes to the people like that deserving to be like, you know, fighting the fucking number one contender, the title challenger right away. I don't, I don't like that. And, uh, you know, until we have like the Ali act where, where we can have like, you know, chance organizations fight each other and, and things like that. Um, it's, it's, it's just not, that's not it, you know, but, uh, in terms of what next for Reyes, I would love to see him fight the winner of Anthony Smith Glover Teixeira. 
And uh, if he if he beats that person, whoever that is, uh, he should get a, a, a rematch. And if not, uh, like if Ant- if Anthony wins, I would love to see the the rematch with with him. Although I, I guess I'm just biased because I, I really love Anthony Smith, and I'm wanting you know him to beat Glover Teixeira. But Glover Teixeira could fucking win that fight. And if Glover Teixeira wins, uh, I'm not so on board with like a John Jones Glover Teixeira rematch. That would be kind of weird. Um, but then of course you would have to also get past Reyes, which is hard in its own right. So, um, yeah, I think that's the move. Fucking A. Yo, yo, it's that freelance goon. What's up, Juice? Um, I know you're going to be flooded with questions about judging and the decision and all that. I want to talk about the fights. Um, Mainly not the two main fights. Um, what about Tafa knocking out Adams first round? The prospects we saw. Um, Zalal in the first fight. Zalal? I don't know what the fuck. The Moroccan kid, Zalal. And then um, Chaos Williams. Oh, my God. Good God. Um, who you psyched to see next? Because uh, there was a lot of prospects that showed up. All right. Love you, bub. And I love you too, bro. This guy's fucking awesome. One of my favorite follows um, on MMA Twitter that I've uh, proud to connect with. Also, remember the Turbo Team, the aforementioned Turbo Team. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, go follow Freelance Goon. And, uh, dude, you're right. That that Zalal guy, Yusef Zalal, that opened the main card fighting, I believe, Austin Lingo. Fucking fire. Um, that was amazing. And uh, it sucks when you have, like, like I think uh, the 45ers um, have such a hard road. Um, when, you, when you have an exciting prospect like that that makes a debut, I'm always like cautiously optimistic. Like I don't want to get too excited because I know they're going to have to like go on a, like a Tony Ferguson like streak to get a fucking title shot and they're just going to have to fight some killers unless they fight like, you know, some vet like who who's still in the rankings that – gives them a shot and they beat them like you know the fact that chad mendes gave um alexander volkanovsky a a shot is one of the reasons why he was able to get a title shot um and he still had to go past like uh, aldo and um fucking the damage darren elkins although i think he fought darren elkins before chad it's just you know it's one of those things where uh there's a lot of young blood at like 45 and, and 55 that they're going to have to fucking go through a, like just a murderer's row. Uh, but yeah, excited for that guy. And I'm excited for Justin Taffa. Um, I don't think he's going to be like a, a title contender in a while, but he can fucking bang. And that's what you want to see in a heavyweight. Like, I think we're just going to see like, like him versus, I don't know. I think Augusto Sakai is already matched up, but maybe if he beats him or whoever, like the winner of that fight, maybe he'll fight. Um, Things like that, like would be would be next for him. Those, just like slug it out, fucking. Let's not make it past the second round fights. Like that's what he's gonna be good for. Uh, I really, uh, I'm excited for that dude. And Chaos Williams, dude, fucking a, that was amazing. Wow, I love his name too. Fucking Chaos Williams with a K. <laughs> love that. I love everything about it. Great question, goon. Great fucking question. Yeah, there was a lot of there's the prelims were fucking almost better than the main card, dude. They really were, especially that fucking Kraus fight, dude. Man, it was so 
So sad that he didn't get the, the sub in the first round. What is up, Juice? It's your boy, Yugi, man. Huge, huge fan. Always appreciate your opinion because, like me, you're unbiased for the most part. You got Roxy. I got John Jones. I'm not going to come in here and dwell on the Jones fight. I know you're probably dealing with a fucking ass load of angry, bitter John Jones haters, so I'm not going to dwell on that, bro. Um, I had John taking the first two rounds, stealing round three, and taking four and five. My question for real is this. Do you want to see Val versus Nunez 3? Or do you want to see Val versus Whaley? Um, that's it. As always, I'm a huge fan. Huge, huge fan. And uh, screw all those haters, bro. John Jones is the GOAT, bro. He's the fucking GOAT. Oh, wee. <laughs> bro, I love the clip at the, uh, at the beginning. Whenever uh, Yugi gets a good video clip and he starts spamming it uh, on on the reactions, it's one of my favorite things. I love this fucking guy, dude. And Yugi, keep bugging me about. Um, I mean, you haven't even started, but but please do bug me about uh, listening to your to your show. I really gotta check it out. And I've been busy, but uh, I love I love your fucking takes and uh, just your uh, accounts in general. So uh, I really want to listen to. Uh, his podcast. It's I Poke MMA. Give him a shout. He's now on Anchor, which means he'll, if he's not ready, he'll be on other platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, etc. Um, although he probably already is. And uh, my fucking God, dude. This guy is like the best John Jones fan because he knows he's biased. And then when you're when you're a true fan, you got to admit you're biased. Um, even though you said we're both unbiased, which I thought was funny. Um, yeah, in terms of what's next... For, for Valentina, I don't think, and I, I sort of alluded to this, the, the their first two fights were so close um, that I don't know if I want to see a third fight between Valentina and Nunes. Like, the first fight was was close, but then, uh, you know, Nunes dominated early and Val started to take over when Amanda was gassing. Um, and so everyone was like, you know, Valentina doesn't fade, you know, she's going to have, uh, give Amanda problems in later rounds. And Amanda really worked on her cardio and said, I, I'm going to fucking prove these people wrong. I'm going to take it to the fifth round, you know? And so they, they went the distance and it was razor thin. I remember thinking like in that fight, I wasn't sure a single round who won. Like I was like, you can't bet your, you wouldn't bet your life that anyone won any of those rounds. Um, so when they, when they give it to, to Amanda, I was like, okay, great. Um, I think overall, I think by the end, like it, it was hard to score round by round, but by the end I was like, I think Amanda won. Um, and then, um, fucking Valentina was so mad. She was like, how could they give it to the other side? Look at her face. I jab her. I did this. There is no telling me that she won this fight. Like she was so fucking fired up. That's one of my favorite like press conferences, um, from Valentina ever. Like, I love the humble Valentina that's always like, they lined them up and I killed them. It's whatever. I am true martial artist. But the fucking, the one where she was so bitter and fucking petty was my favorite. She's like, how could you give this to the other side? I want to talk with judges. Where do you live? I find you. Like, oh my God. Fuck it. I just talked myself into it. Let's see the third one. Let's see fucking, you know what? 
Um, let's see fucking... I want to say I was like catchway. Like Amanda can't. Like people are trying to tell Amanda to like let, let's have a fresh coat of paint. Let's have the third fight at one twenty five. Let's have Amanda drop down. I was like, dude, do you want to kill her? Do you want to have her die on this scale? Oh my god, Amanda has a hard time making one thirty five. Like I, th- I really think if if all things were equal, like uh, if Valentina had a little more size or a little, a little more reach, she might. Uh, get she might be able to beat Amanda because uh, her striking is just as good, and she fucking like Amanda is also really good on the ground. But Valentina is fucking really good on the ground. Like a lot of people, and and I know like I, I said online that I thought you know or I was rooting for Caitlyn or whatever. But like the people that said that like she has a brown belt in jujitsu and that could make a difference, dude. Fucking Valentina was out grappling grapplers, and uh, she's always had like really good takedowns from MMA, and like the time, like the body lock takedowns from the clinch and everything. Like, there's no way that she has a a problem with with grappling. So it, it's it's so crazy to me um, to think about how a third fight would go because I don't know. I've literally no idea, but I do think the size of Amanda uh, is a problem. Fuck it. If they were to do, you know, if they were to do this fight um, at 135 and there wasn't morning weigh-ins, like the fact that Amanda now has like, you know, 36 hours or whatever to recover before the fight or even more in some cases um, is a really big deal. Like what their first fight um, it was at 196, I believe. And uh, it was the old, because the first card to do early weigh-ins was 199. So it was the old weigh-ins where it was the, like, 24 hours before, you know, the ceremonial weigh-ins were the actual fucking weigh-ins. And so um, the Amanda was fading. And so now that she has the early weigh-ins, we haven't really seen Amanda fade, even in five-round fights. You know, she just went the distance with Durandamy, grapple-fucking her the whole time. So um, I think a third uh, third fight would be interesting, but I it's also hard for me to like say it would be any different. Uh, the other hand is you gave me two options, Nunez or Zhang. I think I would like to see that fight just from a stylistic standpoint, because Zhang has been like kind of like going crazy and she fucking blew Andrade out of the water. But I also think we haven't seen enough of her and I'd rather see more tail defenses out of Zhang as well. So I think in both cases, I just rather see both, you know, either champion stick to their division for a while until we see like if Zhang beats Joanna, which is, is going to be hard by the way. Um, but I think she can do it, but if she beats Joanna, I would like to see her then bite Tatiana and maybe a fucking uh, fight with Rose would be awesome. Uh, there's mat there's matchups for, for both girls in their respective divisions. So if they get past those contenders and, and there's no other options, fuck it. Yeah. Do, do, do a fight at 125. Um, but um, for the moment, I'd like to just see. I, I'd just like to see Valentina fight uh, fight the contenders in her division, be like the female GSP. Juice, how we doing? You know it's your father, right? Well, two forty seven was pretty good there last night. Fights were really good. Uh, judging, we ain't gonna touch that subject right now. But uh, what do you think of that main event? That's my question to you. I gave it to Jones because, you know, he's a champ. It was close. I don't see a problem with Reyes winning that fight either, but I'm just not sure that uh, 
the UFC is going to give Reyes an immediate rematch. But anyways, let's get your thoughts on that. What's next for Jones? What's next for Reyes? And it's always 420, brother. Keep up the great work, man. Love it. Peace. Yes, guys, go follow Jim Asun, my father. He's the fucking man. Um, it's always 420. I wish it was fucking 420 right now. Dude, it's actually, I'm recording this right now. It's 415 on the East Coast. So <laughs> That's so fucking weird that it's so close to being actual 420. Um, now I got to shout that out whenever that happens in five minutes. But bro, I love how everyone is like, uh, we're not going to talk about the judging. Everyone's going to talk about that. But what do you think about the judging? <laughs> like, th- yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I was watching at the bar, and there was a fucking ton of casuals, and you know, casuals love John Jones. And uh, I've been trying to not say that word, but it, it just, like, I also think, like, there's nothing wrong with being a casual. So I also can take a little bit of ownership of that word. Like, you know, it's fine. You're casual. Just embrace it. But And so there were a lot of people that were like, this one fucking guy was like, and here's the problem also with John Jones is that we've seen him do so many wild shit that it feels like you're in a video game or it feels like he's in a video game. So people are like, dude, pull him a cheetah, do a steady guillotine. Like one guy actually said that. I was like, shut your dirty mouth. Okay. You're blocking the TV move. And then there was, there was a guy at the end who was like, I'm a John Jones fan, but I think he lost bro. And then his friends were like, no, JoJo's the GOAT. There's just like a ton of that. Like we can't, it's unfortunate that we can't have like a civil discussion about it. I mean, I'm trying to, but uh, with John Jones, there's going to be feelings either way. And I'm trying to take mine out actually, even though I've said multiple times, one of my favorite things about being an MMA fan is not to take my feelings out of it. Dude, I think you have to stay in your favorite fighters. I think you have to fucking uh, discredit your the fighters you hate. Um, I love doing that, but I just... I think I've just got to the point where I've exhausted all my hate for John Jones. I think I'm now at the point where I, I can just be like, okay, sure. Like I've, I've accepted that he's got a hall pass from USADA. I've accepted that um, he, you know, is going to be able to get away with like eye pokes and shit, even though he hasn't really done that recently, which I uh, sort of respect. Um, it's just like, okay, fine. And so when you're talking about um, his skills, um, I think they were barely like the barely edged Reyes. But uh, we've also seen, like, that was almost as bad as the first Gus fight. People said that um, this is the the best performance anyone's had against Jones. I think you're talking about modern Jones. Because if we're talking about anyone, I think Gustafson, Alexander Gustafson, in the first fight with John Jones, beat him up badly. He was fucking swollen-ass lip, dude. His fucking legs were beat up. He, they carried him in the stretcher. Like people said that. I don't know. So, um, to me, I had it for John Jones, and um, I, I I consider myself a, a a John Jones hater at times. So um, I think that matters. Like one one guy fucking tag, dude. The the discussions on Twitter about this fight are just like have just been like fucking numbing my mind. I just can't believe that I'm a part of this toxic community. But uh, this guy fucking tagged me in a in a in a thread with a bunch of other people. Like, what do you think? I said personally, I consider myself a John Jones hater. That said, I had him winning the fight. I think that matters. I think that proves me being unbiased. So I can say, hey, um, I'm biased because I hate John Jones, but I have to say I think he won. And the guy said, oh, I don't think 
you know, I'm not talking about being a hater. I'm trying to be fair about it. Ray has won. Gives me all these reasons. Like, bro, I'm just telling you that I am being fair by saying I'm a fucking hater. I, 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 well, what? I mean, anyway. Uh, that's the fucking, them's the breaks, dude. And, and, and what's next for John Jones? It has to be heavyweight. I don't want to fucking hear about um, any other contenders that lie heavyweight for now. You gotta let them fight it out, if anything. Like you know, um, what 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 did I say? Uh, Lionheart versus Glover, um, and then Reyes fights the winner of that. And then, well, if you know, if Corey Anderson beats uh, Jan, I think we, you can do that fight. But otherwise, dude, these motherfuckers gotta fight it out. And there's plenty of time for uh, for John Jones to be fighting at heavyweight. Even if he does like what Anderson Silva did back in the day, which is to go up to 205 and fight like a, a non like a non-title fight, dude. There's plenty of room for that. Uh, all right, Juice. It's me from over the sea. It's your boy, Joe Blog seventy four. Just wanted to ask about Valentina. Amazing performance again, as per getting better and better. Who do you think she should fight next? Because I'm looking at top 15, and I think she beats all of them easily. I, could, I, I only want to see her fight Nunes again. What do you say? And um, what about, um, what we call Chaos Williams? He's a bit mad, that guy. What do you reckon? I'm going to cause some chaos in that division, definitely. Um, shout out to uh, Kenneth Roberts. Been feeling a bit down lately, and every time he tweets me, I feel a bit. Get up there a bit. Ladies. Yes, dude, I love that. I fucking love seeing, um, you know, positive interaction between, uh, you know, people that uh, people that uh, listen to the podcast. It's great. I love everything about it. And not just people that listen, you know, obviously just, just in general, like people in the community interacting positively, but I love that. I love these guys sort of connected through my show. I'm really happy that I made that uh, connection. And fuck yeah, Kenneth Robert is the man. AKA Daddy Tittlewinks. Shout out to Kenneth Robert. Uh and shout out to Joe Bloggs. He's uh he's the man. Yeah, Chaos Williams is just like he said, a fucking he's a bit mad and he's gonna cause some chaos in that division. Love that. Uh the guy's on fucking fire. And uh Valentina, yeah. It's it's hard to make a case for um for anyone in that division beating her. Um of course I'm gonna be a little bit biased with my girl Roxy, you know. Um and I, and, I, and I want her to get that title fight. Um, you know, I want her to get at least another title shot before she retires. So so that's just my feelings on it. But uh, you know what I do want to see later on down the line? Because she's not um, far enough in the rankings that we're even talking about it as being like an option. But if Molly McCann gets through the fucking rankings, I want to see Molly McCann versus Valentina Shevchenko. I fucking, I remember when she got signed. She got signed after she just won the belt at Cage Warriors. And um, as uh, being a champion, she was talking about going after the champion. So it wasn't at the time, it wasn't like that crazy for her to say that she wanted to fight Valentina. Um, but she was talking to Ariel. This is like, this is one of the first interviews that I really like fell in love with Molly, where I was like, dude, this is my girl. When she was like, I want to fight Valentina. We're both a bit dirty, like coming from Poland or wherever she's from. It was actually fucking Kyrgyzstan, but I think she said Poland. She was like, it, Liverpool and and uh, uh, Poland, they're both a bit dirty. 
I fucking I bring the fight or whatever. I was like, oh my god, I want to see that fight, dude. Uh, but given how her debut uh, turned out, like this is why I also love Molly. Like she got choked out in her debut and then spent a uh, a hundred days. She's like, I told me coaches I want to do hundred days of jujitsu, and I did two hundred days. And then she like she showed in her next fights after that, she's shown like a want, uh, like a willingness to grapple, a want to engage. She did like jujitsu competitions. Like I fucking love that, dude. So if she like, oh, I know I said I I will be like super emotional and super conflicted if, if they ever match up Molly and Roxy. But if she ever gets fights um Roxy and she proves that she can out grapple her or, or not even out grapple but just like surviving the grappling, then I'll think she's ready for Valentina because like Molly can fucking hang with Valentina in the striking. Not that she's a better striker, but she's gritty as hell and she would make it a dirty fight. She would dirty box her and fucking get in her face, which I love. Of course Valentina might, you know, be able to have an answer for that, but Valentina would definitely want to have success in the grappling, which could be an issue for Molly uh, if she doesn't prove that she's going to be leaps and bounds over that. So, um, yeah, I guess that's also one of the reasons why I want to see um, them stay in their division when we talk about making super fights for Valentina because I'm like, yeah, but we got to get that Molly fight, though. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm biased, obviously. I love Molly Buchan. But shout out to you, Joe Bloggs. Great question. And shout out to Kenneth Robert, as always. What's up, Juice? Gino Peppers from Toronto here. Just fresh off of recording a old push-up video to G for the Dominic Rays lost last night. Um, basically, I feel vindicated anyways, because my problem with Jones has never been like what most people hate him for the cocaine use and running over pregnant women and all that stuff he does outside of the octagon. I don't care what you do outside of the octagon. If if you're being judged in fights as the greatest and being put on greatest lists when you have been a known PED cheat and the fact that people keep saying he's never lost a fight, he has lost a fight. He did an illegal move, a 12 to 6 elbow in a fight, got caught doing it. And when you get caught and you're, it's called cheating. And when you cheat, you lose. So aside from all that stuff, Basically, my question is, do you think Reyes deserves an immediate rematch? Because it just seems like they're like, uh, moving on to the next fight. Or what's, we'll see what happens. No, that, that last night to me was an immediate rematch. What do you think about that, Juice? Great question, Gino. Um, or some great points made. Um, we've talked about this already throughout the podcast. So you kind of already know my thoughts by now. But I will say, um, in terms of like excitement... That, and I forgot to say this. This has become like my second favorite Jones fight, um, aside from the first Gus fight. This this was incredible. Um, just just from both guys. Like when um, I have to admit, and maybe this is why I gave Jones the third round. Um, is that when he was losing losing those first two, I was like, man, it's not looking good for John. Like he was getting clipped, but like, and I I remember tweeting this out like John Jones has a fucking chin on him dude and it's because he hasn't been in a lot of wars like he's been you know just so dominant that he's avoided getting a lot of damage but um the shots that he was able to take and stay standing i was like whoa like he fucking really impressed me and so i th- I think i was maybe you know swayed by by the fact that he um was able to turn around because i, I honestly kind of like i didn't count him out but after the first two rounds i was like fucking hell reyes is like beating the shit out of him and then john jones turned around and in my opinion won the third and then won the rest of the fight so um i i get people think reyes won 
And uh, like I said, you know, that's fine. Um, I think I remember, I think Luke Thomas uh, tweeted that out. Um, three to two Reyes is, is okay. Three to two Jones is okay. Like that, that's it. Like anything, anyone calling four to one in the other direction is fucking bananas. Um, so, so that's kind of where I'm at on it. And I said my stance on a media rematches, um, especially with a challenge, a challenger, like people, people are asking if they you know want to give Colby an immediate rematch. I was like, no dude, no, but you know, at light heavyweight, and now I'm thinking about it. One of the reasons why it doesn't make sense at 170 is because of so many contenders, you know, in line. Um, but uh, fucking um, was it light heavyweight. There's not really, although, like I said, maybe the the winner of the Corey Anderson um, Jan Blachowicz fight this weekend. Other than that, um, I don't I don't really see. Uh, anyone so fuck it if they if they wanted to do um an immediate rematch i would support it i guess um certainly want to see it but like i said you might be disappointed uh because uh historically the the jackson wing camp and specifically john jones they do better in rematches um they just have downloaded all the data and um you know although it was years too late i think that's why the second gust fight was you know a lot quicker if you get my drift even the the DC fight as well, the second DC fight, you know, those were both tough five run fights the first time, and then he finished them in the third round uh, in the other one. So there you go. All right, we have some great questions from my man Harry Andrews. Here we go. Hi, Drews. It's Harry Andrew doing my best gun and voice for Joe Blocks. So, just um, just watched the Reyes Jones fight. Gotta say, I'm happy I don't have to change my Twitter handle to Reyes Stan because that would have been embarrassing after I absolutely fucking roasted him. But I did think that he won. Um, I can't keep that voice up. Um, realistically, uh, uh, yeah, I thought. Reyes won that, but Ayo, what do you think, Juice? Also, what do you think to take downs being scored? You know, not taken into quite high consideration when judging a fight. I mean, those judges were trash, but takedowns clearly had a big part of it. If you just know damage on the floor, are they worth anything? Cheers, Juice. Fantastic points there. First of all, he alluded to the fact that he said he would change his handle on Twitter to Reyes Stan if Reyes had won. So that's the reference there. Now, in terms of judging and criteria, it's it's hard for me to say because again, I, I listed the, the, the criteria earlier. Striking is number one, grappling number two. Um, and although you know, lay and pray sort of just takedowns where you don't do anything with them, should not be scored quite heavily. The fact that he was sort of forcing the issue, I think, needs to be taken into account um, at least somewhat. Um, although, And the reason why he wasn't able to do anything with them is because Reyes popped up immediately. And as we uh, went over, you don't really get points for defense. Um, so it's kind of hard. You know, I think we have not taken grappling into into that much of an account in the scoring as is. So um, 
much clearer criteria needs to be addressed. Absolutely. There's no question about it. That's It just is. I can't really make a case for keeping the scoring the same. If you like the scoring that we currently have, if you actually think you know that the judging system we have in place is a, the right way to judge a mixed martial arts fight, put on a vest that has some pockets in it Grab your canteen, fill it up with water, and take a bloody hike. Okay? Okay? Shout out to Harry Andrews. Fucking love that guy. Okay, Juice. Long time listener. First time caller. <laughs> Damn, I'm funny. <laughs> I gave Reyes one and two. I gave Jones... Four and five. feel like that was super clear. The third is debatable. I can see people scoring it either way. Personally, I gave it to Jones. However, I see everyone almost completely shit-talking his performance. Saying how he loses to Stipe, how this John Jones sucks, this John Jones that. But what I saw was a John Jones that didn't try very hard at all for the first half of the fight, then decided to start trying, and nearly lost the decision because of that. If John Jones actually tried the whole fight, I think we see something very different. And it certainly looked like the guy who finished round five could have kept doing that for another four rounds and could have done it the entire time. What do you think? First of all, it made me laugh so hard when he was like, oh, I'm funny. <laughs> Love that guy. That was Seth. Um, the man got a new uh, account, by the way. He used to be Beer Bike Otaku. Um, and now I think it's MMA Catfish, which is just funny to me. Um, some people are thinking he's like an actual catfish, but he's just um, like a guy with a unique sense of humor, which is very much appreciated. Um, dude, that's a great point. And, it, and it's made me realize like, this is why for me, like John needs to go to heavyweight more so because for years, the the skill gap between him and the rest of his division has been so far. He's just been like ahead of his time. Uh, he's just been a, st- a step or two ahead of everyone all the time. And when you have someone like uh, Reyes, who's explosive and, uh, you know, been training MMA since he started training rather than, you know, a specific discipline and then working things in, he's really been able to kind of, close that gap and that's what you saw so i think john jones fans should want him to go to heavyweight you probably worried about people like ngano knocking him the fuck out but you got to realize heavyweight mma uh, has not improved that much over the years it's still people that like to fucking slug it out and john jones is great at neutralizing those kind of people like i don't know the, the 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 fact that not not enough people are clamoring for Jones to go to heavyweight uh, Jones to go to heavyweight is just mind boggling to me. Like he's 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 wiped out the entire two hundred five division. I mean, not entire. Like if you're a Corey Anderson fan, you're probably like, hey, Corey Anderson is there. He's gonna okay, fine. But like, really, that's it, dude. You know, if he beats Corey Anderson, he absolutely has to go up to heavyweight. If he even fights Corey Anderson, I mean, fuck. All right, that does it for voice questions. As always, you can send those in via Anchor, um, the app. Um, you can just download the app and search for my, the name of my show, Fighting With Myself, 
and uh, there's a little message uh, option there. I also tweet out the link on every forum. It's anchor.fm slash fighting with myself slash message. Pretty, pretty easy. Or as Harry and Seth did and RSP does all the time, you can record it on your own, like in the voice memo app on your phone or what have you, and email me the attachment. Alirad does the same thing. Um, you can bypass the uh, one-minute timeline that way. So um, I always take any question. And um, speaking of taking any question, let's take the fucking Twitter forum question because these are some great questions. Now, the first question comes from Kim Klaus. I think I said that right last time I didn't. Um, he said, Dom won that shit. Where do the judges live? Like their address. And I will go to prison for what I will do to them. And will I go to prison for what I will do to them? Also, what is wrong with everyone who scored that for Jones? What drug are they on? And can I get a sample of that drug for free? First of all, sir, you aren't getting any of my drugs. Because, yeah. As you know by now, I scored it for Jones, so don't fucking come at me. Because it was a close fight, dude! And I'm saying, if you thought Reyes won, I get it. I'm fine with it. Because it was a close fight, and I think it comes down to the third round. But it wasn't, like, the worst thing in the world. Especially with such a shitty judging criteria that we have. You know, maybe if we had a better one, maybe Don would have won. Maybe in the new uh, judging system, which uh, I believe Texas wasn't implementing, maybe he would have given him some 10-8s in, the, in in one of those first two rounds, uh, probably just the first, and then we wouldn't have seen, maybe we would have seen at least a draw. Maybe, but that's not what we have. What we have is an antiquated system, which is A, varied by state to state, and B, based on boxing, which is a fucking sport that is not even relevant to MMA as much as uh, it's perceived to be in terms of the judging criteria. You know, so uh, you, if you want to go beat up those judges, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> but don't beat up me because I fucking picked John Jones. And uh, he also said, what's your take on the judges in general? Should former fighters judge the bouts? He linked a tweet from uh, uh, this guy, Fight Fan Tommy, who had a uh, this fucking... That was the video of a clip of Joe Rogan saying the judge was literally not watching the fight. Dude, if you missed that, which I did because um, the sound wasn't on the bar when that fight was going on. I just saw people online talking about it. Go check this out. Go to the forum. Um, Kim Kloss linked the tweet from uh, at Fight Fan Tommy or just go to at Fight Fan Tommy or whatever the fuck you want. Um, but he, he drew a link of fucking Joe Rogan being like, this judge is literally not watching the fight. I mean, dude, and he's not the first to say that, by the way. Johnny Hendricks, after he retired, said he's literally been at fights and seeing judges, like, texting during the fight. Uh, are you kidding me? And and to, to ask your question about former fighters judging the bouts, I touched on this earlier. Um, in a sense, it needs to happen because we have to have people who are educated on the sport. But more so, we have to have a more clear-cut criteria even worse, if we were to do former fighters, it's almost impossible for you to uh, not have any bias. For example, Robbie Lawler grew up training with Matt Hughes and those guys, uh, like Pat Miletic in that camp. So whilst you know Pat Miletic is, is uh, sometimes a fucking idiot and says the, the most outlandish things, he's knowledgeable on MMA. So if you were to put him in there, and then all of a sudden he's judging a Robbie Lawler fight, you can't tell me he's not going to be biased. Uh, like These are the like, relationships that... Uh, are a problem, you know, um, we're, we're, our sport is in such an infancy that we have not yet created enough of a gap between the vets and the, uh, 
current crop of talent. So th th there's bound to be some sort of uh, uh, bias there. I mean, in my own state, um, New Jersey, uh, Ricardo Almeida has got, now got certified as a judge. And Ricardo Almeida is a great trainer. Um, usually if you uh, train with Mark Henry, you also train with uh, Ricardo Almeida as the BJJ guy. Um, and uh, phenomenal uh, jiu-jitsu coach. And uh, the only thing is, people have taken issue with um, him being a certified judge because it's, if you're judging bouts in New Jersey, which is what he's doing, there's obviously going to be some bias there. Uh, he might be judging his own guys or, or, or people that he has helped train in the past and maybe don't uh, train any longer. Like Things like that are, are kind of a problem. But if, if, if we can move to an era where they're not, I think that's beneficial. Like I do think um, former fighters can, can be judges, uh, just not yet. And great question. I didn't mean to sound so fired up, but you were fired up. I had to match that intensity. Question from Pat Tobin. He says, if Joe Solis and Adelaide Burr were movie judges, how many Academy Awards would Adam Sandler have won for Jack and Jill? <laughs> Boom, roasted. Such a lame um, catchphrase, but so fucking apropos. Uh, yeah, dude, Joe Solis is like now makes Adelaide Bird feel like more knowledgeable. I, I, I don't know. Well, I'll say this. I think Adelaide Bird is in the fucking pockets of uh, Golden Boy, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, because I think she was the one that gave Canelo the fucking uh, first Triple G fight. So that's a fucking problem. And Joe Solis just seems like an idiot. Um, although he is a boxing judge. Like, that's the fucking... The biggest problem with this with this commission was that you just had a bunch of boxing judges. They didn't have any MMA judges. Because it, it's crazy that we've had, like, good cards there before. Like, UFC 211 was in Dallas. Fucking amazing card, dude. And this was a great card as well in terms of action, but the, the, the judges were just so shit. Like, I could be just forgetting this. Could be, like, you know, some sort of, you know revisionist history but i don't remember there being like a lot of egregious ju judging uh on that fight card um i remember the the wild call with uh herb dean in the uh poirier alvarez fight but i don't remember there being like whoa dude fucking terrible judges so like were all the fucking good judges busy i don't know i literally don't know it it's so fucking dumb that we've entrusted the commission to fucking handle our judging. I'll quote the, the great Luke Thomas again. We have given the keys to the kingdom to the people that run the DMV. The fucking commission is a government body that has no business regulating fucking sport, dude. It's absolutely mind-boggling. And I know, and I get that you need to have a, a, a sanctioning body or some sort of governing body to, to, to do combat sports, and you need to have a different fucking uh you know body basically a different governing body um doing the judging because you can't the ufc can't bring in their own judges otherwise it's fucking literally like you know shitting where you eat or whatever the fuck like that's super biased but it begs it begs the need for a national commission if not a commission a national judging uh staff where if you have if you want to have the commissions regulated for like safety or whatever the fuck okay fine but don't let them handle the judging. It's fucking corrupt. They're fucking incompetent. Uh, I'm done with it. 
Fuck these commissions, dude. No Vaseline. Fuck them. Love Pat Tobin, by the way. Uh, there's a question from Blake at Woolman7242. Um, Woolman, I don't know why I said Woolman. Uh, he said Black Beast needs a title shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get. I mean, he had one already against DC. Um, although I wouldn't mind seeing Derek Lewis versus Stipe. I really wouldn't. I, I don't know that he deserves it over Curtis Blades. Um, although I think the move for Curtis Blades is to fight, you know, well, it's to hope that Jarzinho beats Ngannou and then fight him. Because, uh, you know, if Ngannou wins, um, Curtis Blades ain't getting a fucking tell shot or a third fight with Ngannou. But, uh, dude, you know the other thing that I... I've said this before, and I think people are going to think I'm crazy, but I would not mind seeing uh, Ngannou versus Lewis too. And I know the first fight was such a shit show and one of the worst fights in UFC history, uh, and so I'm not saying I want to see that again. Hell no. But I do think if you book them again, especially this Derek that's fixed his back and is throwing high kicks, I think we see a different fucking fight, dude. I really do. So yeah, if you want to give... Derek Lewis can have all the title shots. I don't care. All right. The man, Cyrus King, asks, we keep getting Jones fight after fight where the narrative is Jones could or probably lost. When do you think that first true L is coming? Well, I think, if I'm honest, it comes if, uh, you know, if he moves up to heavyweight. If not right away, then eventually. Um... Otherwise, it's just going to be like, if he stays at 205, it's really just going to be until it becomes a question of should he fight anymore because then he's just going to be like, like the only, what I'm saying is the only reason I think Jones would be losing at 205 would be if he just sort of like slows down, loses his step, you know what I mean? Things like that. Um, otherwise, I, I don't see him losing at 205. If he never goes up to heavyweight, I see him retiring um, as champ, if I'm honest. Um I see him. Uh, I see him retiring with with, with the belt, um, and uh, just uh, just those controversial losses, which are not like you know the one DQ and then the no contests from DC. Um. Oh, another question from Harry Andrew, at Harry Andrew ninety four, says I've emailed my voice question. It's a mess. Enjoy. Also. Do you think a fighter needs to stop Jones to beat him? At this point, I can't see anyone getting a decision against him unless they absolutely smish him. I've said smish not because of this dialect, but because of the Russian accent, which is spelled it S-M-E-S-H, like we say Khabib smish, just to explain myself. Okay, perfect uh, question, because I've brought this up before, and it bears repeating. This notion that to be the champ, you've got to beat the champ is fucking ludicrous i mean i like when people say it that you know if you win a vacant title you're not quite the champ because to be the champ you've got to beat the champ in that sense but if you're talking about a decision where the challenger somehow has to win dominantly to to win uh, a decision is is bonkers in my mind you you can't sit here and tell me that you know a champ gets extra privilege from the judges because of that extra fucking uh, preference although it would seem that may be the case it's certainly not in the rules and certainly shouldn't be so yeah fuck that idea 
Next question is from MMA Mental at Scalin underscore MMA. He says, I'm a massive Bullet fan. She's cold as ice. I want my girl JoJo to get a shot at her. What if any danger does our JoJo bring to 125-pound queen? And for what it's worth, I feel dumb on that fight 3-2. Thanks, Juice. Uh, yeah, the, got no problem with that. Um, honestly, the fact that uh, Chukagan was able to outpoint JoJo, and I know MMA math doesn't work, like doesn't give me much hope for for JoJo. Um, although initially I thought JoJo was winning that fight, so like I think she just sort of coasted and, and lost a, a decision that she maybe shouldn't have. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think if uh, if JoJo wants to work on her grappling or has been working on her grappling, maybe she can stand a chance. But dude, Valentina just going to get her in the clinch, get a body lock, and fucking get that crucifix and fucking pound that ass. And I love JoJo. Sorry, I didn't mean it sounds like super disrespectful, but that's what's fucking going to happen. Um, and JoJo is uh, one of my favorites in that division. I just, I, I can't. I can't see her winning that fight. Sorry. Sorry, I know. I know um, uh, jo- Joanne Calderwood is like the one Scott that um, the Scottish people like really get behind. Um, but, uh, she's, she's not, she's not going to win that fight at KGB underscore notorious says, is there anyone better at securing a crucifix than bullet Valentina? Huh? Maybe fucking Roy Nelson back in the day. seems like he used to do that all the time, but fucking certainly not in her division and, uh, definitely not in modern MMA. Like I don't see anyone else really doing it. She's the fucking queen of that position. So I guess uh, Mystic KGB called that one. She fucking... So, sorry about your loss to Lauren, by the way. Uh, that was really tough. You know, I know you had a good camp. So uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, dude. Like, she's the queen of that. It was almost like the fucking... I think she did the same thing to Cashware. I think she beat her up from the crucifix. And honestly, the fucking crucifix that she had on, on Kaylin was reminding me of the Gary Goodrich one where he was just like pounding that guy out with the fucking elbows and I was like oh my god even though it was like a proper crucifix or maybe it was I'm not sure but because it was like from the back I don't know I remember thinking at one point like she was going to do that like Chikigan was maybe going to try and roll and then she was going to be like okay I'll get the crucifix from the back that's fine um seriously all right this question is from Jimmy the Drunk at Paroli Proud um, Juan Adams just took his third L in a row, and this time to a guy that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page in the first round. Maybe he should have been the guy signed to a developmental deal instead of Hardy, or as well as Hardy. Is it time for him to put on a vest with pockets? Oh man, this is such a hard question for me to answer. I'm such a, I'm such a fan of Juan Adams, but uh, yeah, as I alluded to in the in the beginning uh, of of the show when I was doing my recap, I don't know that Juan is fit for the UFC at this moment. Uh, so maybe you're right. It's just hard because there's not a lot of, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure if you were to look back historically, you would see that um, of any division, of any weight class, heavyweight has had the most people come in with only a few fights because um, there's so few heavyweights in the world. There's just not enough, like, uh, heavyweight MMA on the regional scene to really, like, build up a record. So they are pulling these guys too early, uh, which kind of sucks, you know. Uh, you know, I think a guy like, and, and it sucks, like, I think a guy like Chase Sherman, um, who used to be in the UFC, is someone that Juan Adams can maybe beat. And now Juan's probably not going to be in the UFC, and Chase Sherman's also not in the UFC. So, it sucks. 
So yeah, I think it is time for him to put on the vest with pockets. As much as it pains me. All right, J at J Wedbetter, J Bird Wedbetter says, "Can we just remember that Dominic Reyes has horrible breath?" <laughs> I guess so, dude. <laughs> That's fucking great. I remember apparently John said that when they when they faced off. Fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. I guess I don't have anything to say that other than I agree with that. Yeah, let's remember that Dominic Reyes has horrible breath. All right, this next question is from Gwendolyn, and the W is capitalized. This is Juan number one. This is the guy that changes his fucking bio. Uh, well, he doesn't change the bio, I don't think. He changes his avi and, and fucking handle like every week. It's at Paperboy1010. Which, by the way, it makes me so hard to fuck. Yeah, the bio is the same. His fucking bio is one of the best out there. He says, when hitting it from behind, you shove a 9-volt battery up your ass and zap her with your cock. What the fuck, dude? Uh, but uh, I was just going to say it makes me hard to tag you uh, every episode because I always have to make sure I'm getting the handle right it's hard to search Um, he says one was that fight closer than the Santos fight I thought it was yeah absolutely like for me there was a lot there was a lot of people online uh, in the Santos fight saying that he won and I was like okay sure but in in my opinion Jones won that fight I was pretty sure of it uh even though it wasn't his best performance at all in this fight reyes beat him up for two rounds dude and then could have won a third round for me i gave john the third but if you if you say reyes won the third i'm like okay i get it um but in my opinion it's just a, a case for for better judging like um i saw fight geek had scored the fight two two four five for jones so that means we disagree on the second and third round. So, like, okay, if I were to say Jones won the second, then it would then it'd be four one Jones. But then we were to say if Reyes won the third, then it would be like I, I I don't know. It's it's just hard. It's it's just hard. But yeah, it was certainly a much closer fight than the Sanders one, in my opinion. And he also says thoughts on Rogan and Cruz commentary tonight. They were the best they've ever been on commentary in a long time. In my opinion, yeah, dude. There was virtually nothing that Joe Rogan said that I was like, what the fuck? Except I heard during the, um, what's the Cass Williams fight? It was one, it was one where, um, uh, the guy, uh, got a knockout and he was like, oh, he's hurt. He's in trouble. And then the guy got the knockout and I was like, oh, dude, you were so close. But for the most part, whenever I heard Joe Rogan, he was fucking on, he was on, uh, and, and Cruz in general. Yeah. Uh, I love Cruz. I don't. I I think he he gets um, too much hate from the fucking MMA community for his commentary, but uh, uh, yeah, they were they were great tonight. He also says three. The scoring system is bullshit. And yeah, I agree. We've been talking about it. And he said not a question, but Newsom is my new favorite fighter. <laughs> great. That means you're gonna change your Avi to fucking Newsom now, until next week when it's back to being a football player. Yes, I said football instead of fucking soccer. Was that wrong? Yes. But I know you would want me to, so I did it for you. It's soccer. It's soccer. I'm sorry. It's soccer. All right. Um, Dean R, which is at DeanDog3, D-F-D-A-W-G. This is Dean Robs, guys. Go follow him. He fucking lost his account. It sucks. 
Uh, it says, how significant should a takedown that results in being ineffective with no damage and ends up back on the feet be scored? Same as a ground, ground and pound with controller, no difference. Definitely a difference. Uh, it just, like, to me, in a close round where the, where the striking is close and someone gets a takedown, even if they don't do anything with it, but then that's not necessarily their fault. It's because the guy popped back up. I think that counts for me. That's just my personal opinion. Um, again, I think the criteria is, is is not clear enough that that's not outlandish for me to say. Um, but like if um, if a guy gets a takedown, I don't automatically give him that round. You know? Like takedowns are weighed too much, I feel. I, I think people are worried about like... Being one of those people that are like, oh, fuck that, stand and bang. Like, I think people are worried about that to, to be like, hmm, gonna take down grappling. Hmm, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I fucking I think about that sometimes. But um, I'm sort of in the middle of that because people are like, oh, you didn't do anything with the takedowns. But I'm like, yeah, but that was also just because, like, Reyes got right back up. He definitely tried to do something with those takedowns. He wasn't trying to fucking rest. Um, you know, Reyes was, was, was on his, his game tonight, or last night, rather. Um, hectic one, the fucking man, dude, hectic underscore one said, what questions would you ask judge Solis? If you got to talk to him about his scoring last night, <laughs> I would ask him, uh, why don't you go back to boxing? I would ask him, who do you think you are coming and ruining our sport? I would ask him, uh, why are you on John Jones's nuts? I would ask him, why are you fucking trying to get money from the commission for, for, uh, scoring, a uh, judging a sport you don't care about. I would ask him, where do you fucking live? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not that crazy as some of the other people, but like, dude, Joe Solis, fuck out of here. Terrible judge. Terrible, terrible. Uh, next question is from MMA Fury at Scotland for Fury. She says, do you think Reyes won that fight? And do you think JBJ will actually give Reyes a rematch after his performance last night? I've definitely noticed a difference in John in his last two fights. You know, it's funny. Like, I... Th this, to me, like, wasn't the same John that fought Smith and um, and Santos. He definitely realized he had at least... Maybe the first... The John in the first two rounds, maybe that was the same one. But in my opinion, he, he turned it up. Uh, in those last rounds and definitely was like trying to finish and throw with bad intentions. I think he even uh, tried to jump knee at one point, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah. Um, do I think give him a rematch? Listen, I think we should stop saying, will the champion give the contender a rematch? Uh, I don't think the champions have as much of a say as, as you guys are thinking. I think it's w w whether or not the UFC is interested in booking that fight. A champion should not be saying, hey, can I have a rematch with a guy I just beat? No. But if the UFC wants to give him a rematch, uh, I don't think he can turn down that fight without getting stripped. Um, I think that's a, that's a like a champion's clause, something that, that says you can't like turn down a fight if you're the champion in the weight class. Like, they almost did it to fucking Demetrius Johnson with T.J. Dillashaw. Crazy. All right, this next question is from Tyler Stafford, at Tyler Staff 10 Shouts to this guy. Uh, good friend of uh, my one of my other uh, podcasts I listen to, Blood on the Canvas. Has been missing for my life for far too long. Uh, he says, 
The fact that Joe Rogan called out a judge for not even paying attention to one of the fights last night. Yes, dude. That's not even a question, but I read it anyway. Yes. Fucking, uh, fucking A. Like, more of that needs to happen. There needs to be a fucking guy. Like, you know, they have Trevor, uh, Trevor Whitman on the broadcast, uh, for doing like the, his opinion on the corner, um, advice and things like that. There needs to be a guy that is only job is to watch the judges and be like, that guy's not paying attention. Let's fucking name and shame, dude. Name and shame. We need to stop protecting these fucking judges. I want to know what judge that was. Was it Joe Solis or was it one of the other fucks? Because there were a lot of them. We need to name and shame these motherfuckers. Whoever was not uh, paying attention to the fight. Like literally not paying attention. I can't even believe that, dude. It's just so like... The fact that it, we're kind of accepting it as like, oh yeah, these are, this is shitty judging is unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. Chris Tucker, Fifth Element. Look into it. Um, this is also not a question, but I think an interesting talking point. This is from Surflowski at Surflowski. Don't know how else to say that. Um, he says, I can't imagine Jones going the distance with Stipe. Um, I can. I really do. And, uh, I like, I like Stipe a lot more than I like John Jones. So I don't know if, if you're, I honestly don't know if you're saying Stipe would finish him or if you're saying Jones would finish Stipe. I think he's probably saying Stipe would finish Jones. I don't know about that, dude. I really don't. Um, his fucking reach is incredible. Um, Stipe doesn't throw a lot of kicks. Um, which would sort of help him close the, the range. And he's, if you're not going to do that, then I don't know what your life is. And uh, fucking John Jones can wrestle better than Stipe, in my opinion. So yeah, kind of a weird note to end the forum, but the, the, that's all the questions we have. Um, like I said, I tweet, I tweet out the, the link for the, for the, for the forum every uh, fight night. Uh, try to do it either right after the main event or, or right before the main event, just depending on timing and, and things like that. So um, hit me up. You can also uh, email me questions at fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com, uh, which I mentioned earlier. Or you can also um, uh, DM them anytime. Just make sure they are about um, the fights that just happened or not the next coming fight, if that makes sense. Like if you're going to send them throughout the week, don't make it for the question. Don't make it for the upcoming fight card. Cause it won't, uh, make sense. It will either be too late or too early. Um, and, uh, with that, let's end this segment and go right into the predictions for UFC Rio Rancho in New Mexico. All right. Next weekend, Saturday, February 18th, it's going down in the Santa Ana Star Center in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. I believe that's uh, close to Albuquerque, uh, though I don't know anything about uh, the geography of New Mexico. Uh, dude, it's so weird that there's a, a New Mexico card, and that's where John Jones trains, and then he just fought, but in Houston. That, to me, like, this was poor planning on the UFC's part. Like, they could have either had the pay-per-view in New Mexico, and then maybe we would have got better judges, um, or I don't know. Just and had this fight in a different location entirely. Cause like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, 
that said, there's some fun fights on the prelims that I want to talk about. And um, a decent main card. Um, it's a fucking six-fight main card, which uh, reminds me of the, of the Fox days when they would have the six-fight main card, but the main card would start at 10 uh, Eastern time, which was terrible. So I'm so glad that this starts at 8, and it's also on ESPN+. Plus, So it's going to be fucking... Uh, well, they still fucking have commercials on ESPN+, Plus, which is annoying as fuck. But uh, they're going to keep it moving. I think the pacing is a lot smoother. Um, so that'll be great. Uh, starting off, we have, and this is not starting off, but uh, the first fight that I want to talk about is uh, Macy Chasson taking on Nico Montano. Shout out to Kairos, who's a big Macy fan. And I'm riding that train with him. I think Macy's going to fucking do work. Let's fucking go, dude. Macy used to fight at featherweight. Nico used to fight at flyweight. Come on now. I mean, Nico's uh, trains out of New Mexico. So she's going to have uh, some hometown support. Sometimes that pumps people up. Uh, but uh, Macy trains in Texas, not that far away. So uh, maybe she'll have... Um, I don't know. Maybe some people will come over. Hopefully she'll have some support in the crowd. Even though she's from New Orleans. She's from Louisiana. Um she trains in Texas. Um, but I think Macy's going to get it done. And uh, next fight uh, I want to talk about is a Ray Borg versus Rogerio Contorin. Um, Ray Borg is a guy that uh, I used to, when he first came into the UFC, he's really young. Like, I think he came into the UFC when he was like 22, 23. And he was kind of annoying to me. Like his, maybe he was just immature. Like his interviews, I could not get behind this guy. I couldn't. Uh, especially like him online, I was just like, go away. But then when he fucking uh, had to go through that stuff with his son, I will never pick fucking pick against Ray Borg after that. Um, unless it's like a title fight where I think he's like completely outmatched. Like he, um, he's awesome. And uh, his scramble game is, is great. His grappling is, is awesome. And uh, when you have like high paced grappling like that, it's exciting. I love it. So I think he gets it done. Um, at least I think it's going to be exciting anyway. Um, next up, we got Nathaniel Wood taking on John Dotson. Now, I thought this fight was happening in fucking UFC London, but I guess it's not. Uh, I mean, it's a hometown fight for John Dotson because he, he's in New Mexico. Um, so that's great. But uh, I thought they would want to build Nathaniel Wood. So credit to... It seemed like John Dotson was, um, was, uh, was being used to build up other people before. And so you you think that that may be the case this time, but if, if that was the case, they would do it in his home crowd. So maybe they're giving John Dotson a shot. Uh, he definitely needs to cut that afro, dude. Um, but I like John Dotson. Although Nathaniel Wood's trainer uh, and mentor is my one of my favorite fighters of all time, Brad Pickett. And so I'm a huge Nathaniel Wood fan. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna do work against John Dotson. Um, he comes to fight. Don Dotson could give him some problems with the speed, but uh, I think Nathaniel Wood can get it done here. Uh, and then Tim Means is fighting the Dirty Bird. Tim Means fighting Daniel Rodriguez. Man, I love Tim Means. Uh, I think he's going to fucking knock this guy out. I don't know why, but I do. I think he's going to knock him out. Uh, Tim Means fucking aggressive as shit. I love watching him fight. Shout out to Buddy from MMA Marks. Uh, always uses Tim Means on uh, UFC 3. And now we move on to the main card. This is uh, this is a great main card. Uh, the first fight is uh, going to be amazing, I think. This could be fight of the night. And I hate to say that before the fights happen. Um, 
But Yancy Medeiros versus Lando Venata, I can't see how that's a boring fight. I really just like both guys are fucking wild. They fucking come to come to fight. Uh, Lando's crazy with the scramble sometimes. Uh, Yancy just likes to fucking bang, but he's got decent takedown defense. And uh, I'm picking Yancy. I think he's going to be too much for Lando on the feet. Um, and I don't think Lando's going to be able to take him down. I hope I'm wrong. I love Lando, especially he's uh, he's from Neptune, New Jersey, which is not too far from me. I fucking love that area. Shouts to Genghis, repping Asbury, uh, which is very close to Neptune. But uh, fucking uh, Yancy Medeiros, I think, um, I love his like Hawaiian style. And uh, Lando has been training in uh, New Mexico for, for years, so it almost doesn't even feel like he's repping Jersey anymore. Uh, I think he's more... Um, Repping Jackson Wink in fucking uh, New Mexico. Now, next up, we got Brock Weaver fighting Kazula Vargas. Brock Weaver was supposed to fight a couple months ago, and he got dropped from the car like the day before, and it never came out. And I want to know fucking why. It was so weird. And he was like, he went on a Twitter rampage for a little bit and being super vague. Um, that said, this guy is fucking awesome. And I love that he represents like native people. I fucking love that. And uh, I gotta go with Brock Weaver. Uh, he looked great in the Contender Series. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna blow this guy out of the water. By the way, it said Kazula Vargas in one thing, and I'm looking at another thing that says Rodrigo Vargas. So if you're wondering like, who the fuck is Kazula, sorry, <laughs> Vargas. Anyway, dude. All right, Montana de la Rosa is taking on Mara Romero Borella. The Italian, um, the Italian woman. I believe this is the woman that I was listening to um, the MMA Scope podcast a long time ago when she fought Lauren Murphy and uh, Cole Cole BDC Henry. <laughs> Shout out to Cole Henry, love that guy. Um, and Pat. Shout out to Pat too, love him. Um, they were saying that uh, or Cole Cole was saying that she has like drug trafficking charges <laughs> in Italy, which is just fucking wild, dude. Um, watch me be wrong and not. That not even be true, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, and I got uh, I got Montana though. I got Montana de la Rosa. Um, I, I think she trains in that area. I'm not entirely sure. I know she trains with her husband uh, Mark de la Rosa, who is on the prelims, I believe. But uh, I'm not uh, so much of a fan of his. Um, but I love Montana de la Rosa. She's great, and I, I think she can get it down here. All right. Next up, we have Devin Clark taking on. Gadzimurad Antigulov, and uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Antigulov here. Uh, Twenty and six versus ten and four. Uh, Devin Clark has shown like flashes of of potential to me, but um, not enough, I think, to to get it done against uh, Gadzimurad. Um, I think the the power and the grappling is going to be too much for Devin Clark. Uh, next, we have Michelle Pajeda uh, taking on Diego Sanchez. And you know what, dude? A lot of people fucking were mad at Michelle for like missing weight and then getting dominated by Tristan Connolly on short notice and like him doing the fucking flips and shit, saying like, oh, he's just clowning. But dude, we gotta appreciate fighters like that who are willing to like do crazy shit just to entertain us. Like this guy's not worried about his record. He's not worried about fucking being a champion. He's like, I'm gonna fucking put on the most exciting fight I can 
and give it everything I've got. And I'm going to do flips off the cage. And I'm going to do crazy spinning shit. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somersaults. And I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, I almost picked Diego on GP. I thought maybe Diego could fucking emulate a similar game plan to Tristan. And uh, just kind of show his toughness. But uh, if I'm honest, dude, he's also a little chinny. And Michelle fucking knocked out Danny Roberts. Who is more technically sound in the striking than Diego, I think. So, you know what? Michelle Pajada by fucking flying knee knockout, dude. That's what I think. No disrespect to Diego. Uh, but uh, fucking Michelle Pajera via spinning shit. And next we have Corey Anderson taking on Jan Blachowicz. Dude, Jan has shown improvement in his game since uh, since our last fight. But if I'm honest, dude, I think Corey has improved more. Um, initially, to me, Corey was just a wrestler. But in his last several fights, he's shown uh, improvements in the striking. Um, and uh, I really think that uh, Corey is fucking fired up. I think he's feeling disrespected of being passed up for title shots um, that he felt he's felt he deserved. And so I'm really, I'm really hoping him to get it done in, in uh, spectacular fashion. I, I really, I really think he's gonna try and make a statement. At least I, I'm hoping. You know, I want Corey Anderson to fucking mollywop Jan and then get a fucking fight against John Jones. Wouldn't it be fucking wild, dude, if fucking Corey Anderson beat John Jones? Imagine that. Imagine if we're talking about you know Reyes being this like you know phenomenal athlete and and. and and some people had him winning, and and John Jones is like whatever. Um, Cor and then imagine Corey Anderson just hits him with a big fucking overhand and puts him on his ass. Like, wouldn't that be the most MMA thing of all time? <laughs> Crazy dude. But uh, right now I can't see it. I will. I do, however, see Corey beating Jan. That much is clear to me. Um, uh, I could be wrong, but I I think he's really gonna fucking put it on Jan Bohovitz. And uh, USA, baby. Let's go. And that, ladies and gentlemen, not only concludes the UFC Rio Rancho uh, preview, it concludes this show. Uh, I want to thank everyone who listened. Uh, as always, anyone who shares the podcast, talks about it, means a lot to me. And uh, continue, to, uh, continue to do that. Continue to um, participate in the forum. It means a lot. You can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at FWM underscore pod. Uh, if you want to keep up with uh, my day-to-day tweets, you can follow me at Aaron Ish Jackson. Um, yeah, otherwise, good night and good fights.